sports fans, and welcome to episode 75 of State of My Sports. That's State of MI Sports, where we talk about the teams we love and you love in this great state of Michigan. Stay in touch with us on our social media, State of MI Sports on Instagram, Twitter. Also like our Facebook page of State of MI Sports. Do we still do a Twitter? We don't do a Twitter. Mm, Why no, is there? Don't. I need to start. Why does Sam keep on that, that on the intro right here? Well, it does he's exist. Dedicated. It does exist. He, he doesn't want to revise. He's got. He's got to learn to revise. All right, I'm going to keep going here. Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. You're alerted when a new episode is out, and share us with some friends to help us grow our audience. Episode 75 is here. We will break down the Detroit Lions game against the Saints. As bad as that's going to be, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to discuss their focus heading into the bye week. Uh, we will also try to talk about the Red Wings' first round pick. That those results are in. We're going to discuss that a little bit. Um, we're going to do a little research beforehand because it was, I think it was a little bit of unexpected pick. Um, and then we'll also have uh, some fun filling out a banana boat of our four favorite non-mainstream sports. And this is something that we could either watch or play. It could be even pretty mainstream. I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go, too. Uh, and then we're also going to make some picks against the spread. And, of course, we will grade Michigan beers. I am Ryan Waldart, I think. <laughs> I'll figure that out. With me today... Micah Smith, Travis Nickel, the elephant in the room, guys. Sam's not here. Where is the elephant? I, I think in Florida, right? Is he in, somewhere in Florida right now? He's Flor. He's in Florida. Somewhere. So the there. elephant is in, in Florida. Himself. That's Sam's. Yeah, Sam is is there right now. He threw us to the wolves with this podcast today, and everything was set up, ready to go, and we still managed to to take an hour and a half to get this thing set up and run, run a boat. You know, we got we got to figure it out eventually. It's all We're good. here. We're excited to get rolling. We're excited to drink some Michigan beer and have a good time. Uh, before we get into our intros, though, of our Michigan beers for episode seventy-five, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between GVSU's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it's worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know it. You want or need some help from the expert staff, Cicillano's Market is the best place for you. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beer across our great nation, they are also individually priced so you can mix and match and build your own six-pack. They not only have a great selection of craft beer, specialty wine, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, cigars, literally everything, Cicillano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and wine-making supplies in West Michigan. We love that Cicillano's Market is a partner with State of My Sports. Uh, they're part of the family, and it's who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beer for each and every episode. Please check them out. Let them know that we sent you, and go support local uh, West Michigan. That that was the read. I got through two reads. I think everything's hey, going through. You going did right. a great job. I, I, you did amazing. You should just freestyle it because Siciliano's is amazing, and they've done so many great things they're, for they're us. They're just an awesome partner. Yeah, I mean they right. they give us way more beer than I think uh, we ever expected, and we love love them for it. And uh, absolutely, you know, I really want to just get right into this Detroit Lions New Orleans Saints game. I mean, this Trav, you got a little recap for us? I do. So. I mean, it couldn't have started any better for the Lions on Sunday, right, at Ford Field. Uh, they scored a touchdown on the first possession of the game. Uh, then they had... Uh, that was a fun possession, too, right? Oh, it's so exciting. Because uh, Danny Amendola just got loose and started scrambling all over the field. Just crazy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, too. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, that. I'll, I'll, which yeah, I, which I love it because <laughs> I, I'm excited for it. But, you know, they got a hand on the Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, in the first pass attempt. 
intercepted the ball. Lions get the ball back. They score again. It's 14-0 with less than five minutes into the game. You know, unfortunately, that was about it. You know, nothing else went right. Next thing you know, New Orleans rattled off 35 straight points to take a 35-14 lead. Uh, The Saints didn't punt for the first time until 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Defense played great, obviously. Um, they did. The Saints went on to win 35 to 29, which is pretty crazy considering that the Saints scored 35 unanswered points. Um, and that's two and two for the Saints, and the Lions dropped to one and three as they head into their bye week. Not what we hope for. So, is isn't this? <clears throat> excuse me. So far, just kind of the story of the year, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. for Detroit, like yeah, double, start out aggressive, start out hot, everything's going great, and then anywhere's between halfway through the second quarter and then through the rest of the game, they're trying to play catch-up. Like, yeah. so, so let me, let me feed off that, Micah. So there's been a total of 11 Lions touchdowns this season. Eight of them have been within the first five minutes or right before half or right before the end of the game. Like, it, it, that's that's an insane stat to me. I mean, you can I can walk through it if you want to, but th- that alone is crazy. Even this game, we had, you know, Four total TDs, both of two of them within the first five minutes, and then one of them in the last five minutes. So three out of four within yeah. those time periods. I mean, that is that is the entire story of of the Lions season so far. Before we go any farther, though, I, I want to get into the Michigan beer. Like we got to introduce our beers. Yes, I think we we sort of forgot. We sort of did that on purpose. I don't know, but I, I I'll start us off here because yeah, go for it. Yeah, because I kind of jumped in and, and interrupted you. So I'm drinking Harvest Ale, wet hopped ale from Founders Brewing Company, and uh, so far this is awesome. Seven point six uh, alcohol by volume, seventy IBUs, seventy IBUs. That's that's pretty packed, right? That's a lot of yeah. flavor in there. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. I mean, you guys know Founders. Founders is awesome. R- local Grand Rapids, uh, they're huge. They're they're basically like when when we we bring in, I'm talking from we meaning like my work. When, when we bring in clients into Grand Rapids, we automatically it's just like what we do to experience Grand Rapids. We take them to Founders for lunch, for for dinner, right. you know, to, for some drinks. It's their beer garden. Yeah, is I great. mean, it, it is great. It's a great atmosphere. Um, Micah, next. Yeah. So. Tonight I'm also drinking a wet hopped IPA and it's definitely wet. You know, there's a liquid there. It's great. Um, it's Shorts Brewery Heaven Scent. It's called Heaven Scent. Must be pretty good. I don't know if it smells heavenly. It smells really good. Close to heaven. Close. Close. <laughs> like done some pretty pretty good stuff, but oh, not, yeah. not there yet. But a uh, it's a five point nine percent or ninety IBUs. Oh, so we could probably right. have a taste off. All right. We'll do it. How about you, Trev? I am doing uh, a favorite in the West Michigan and maybe even, you know, country area, Dragon's Milk. I think, Micah, you said you have Ooh. a couple great nights with the uh, Dragon's Milk. This is um, in a Michigan uh, American Double Imperial Stout. It's 11%. Dang. Yeah, I'm having I'm glad one, we gave that to you. No, nah, one and done of these. This might be my beer of the night. For uh, huh. sipping on as well, it went longer than we should have went, but it's a it's a beautiful beer. Um, it's rich in caramel malt character, intermingles with a deep vanilla tones, um, all dancing in an oak bath. It's a, it it is a it is an I'm not a stout person or even a dark beer person, but this is one that I will go to once in a while. 
Yeah, what I what I like about our lineup today is also the I don't know, it's predictable, right? We got shorts, we've got founders, dragon's milk from New Holland, right? I mean, a lot it's of the big lot players. of the originals, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of big players too. I, I'm a big yeah, fan. and <clears throat> so the fourth beard around this out because I mean we don't have a fourth guy because he just kind of skipped out on us. Yeah, and he kind of Florida. Just, yeah, so it is what it is. But uh, last one though, the double dunes from Pigeon Hill. It's a double IPA. It's a voluptuous hot bomb with a striking orange color, reminiscent of the sun glowing off sandy dunes, given the name, great name. The aroma full of honey, pine, uh, umami, or umami, umami? <laughs> no, it's umami. Yeah, you, umami? Had, you had it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> and stone fruit immediately draws you no closer to, <laughs> to your double dunes. The hops make their presence known in the mouth with a flavor that balances between piney, resiny, and, and pithy. Uh, the finish is then rounded out by a slight alcohol warmth. Um, none of us have cracked that open yet. It's a 9.4 percenter. Whoa. Just remember, it's a double IPA. It's going to yeah. be up there. Um, but their availability is in tap room, but it's clearly been distributed. Yeah. So. Well, and, and there's a little bit of a background with this, right? The, yeah, the the background I I believe pro part of the proceeds go to fighting uh, breast cancer, and if it doesn't, they're at least bringing it to the forefront and bringing light to breast cancer awareness. Yeah, so they've got the they've got the the label on the can there is pretty awesome. It's pink. Yep. It's got the breast cancer awareness uh, ribbon on there, and it's it's just doing its thing, right? It stands out. That's what it's meant to do, yeah. and, it, and it's got absolutely it's got names of of survivors. Yeah, on that's the awesome. It's that just, is really it's cool. Just amazing. Yeah, that that's one to go out and support for sure. So uh, if you haven't seen it, go out and and give it a try. Yep. All right. So I want to just jump right into the Lions talk. You know, I I cut you off earlier. I think you were onto something with your stats. You were bringing up the what all the just the, just basically the, the hot starts, hot finishes, and end of. The half, right? Right, and, I, and I'm I'm curious if this has to do something with Stafford and, and Patricia too. But like, let's let's look at it as far as football. A lot of times, your routines are you have a routine in football. So in the beginning of the game, you walk through your walkthrough for the first five minutes, right? You've done that in practice multiple times. You practice a two minute drill all the time or under five consistently. You practice your before half two minutes, your end of the game two minutes. I mean. It, these are predictable situations, and Stafford seems to succeed in these, and the stats show that. If we if we look out through look throughout his career, so at what point does it become a Stafford problem? Yeah. As, as talented as he is, he is the only remaining thing here. He, he's the common denominator with right. with the last decade. And plus. have we not yeah. all have we not been talking about this our entire since two thousand nine that Stafford is amazing late in games and he's great at two minute drill and we should run the no huddle offense why don't we do it well i think it's not just that he's good in no huddle i think he's good in in situations where they're practiced all the time he's not an improviser like some of the greats are yeah no on a a play-to-play basis because when when the pressure's on in the highest pressure situations nobody nobody ever challenges how good stafford is at that time right like he he makes game winning plays on a regular basis when everything is on the line, when it's a fourth down and twenty six with Calvin Johnson. Like how many times did we see that way back in the day? And he's still doing it with inferior talent at the wide receiver position. So I I agree with you. 
I think it's deeper than that. I mean, his stats for the game, 206 passing yards, three touchdown passes, one interception. Crucial seven, interception. 17 of 31. So play-by-play basis, you're he's not completing the normal passes to keep drives going. And I think that's the improv, improvising you know what you were talking about, like with the greats, like they they on a, on a second and nine, the defense still isn't feeling good. You know, right. with Stafford, it's like if you wasted it down, sometimes you you can get into that feeling of like, oh man, this drive, like you could just know a three and out's coming. You just you feel it. I I don't know what that is. I don't know what creates that feeling. But as Lions fans, we have that feeling all the time, and we're usually spot on because we also, when he's making the comeback, you know he's going to go throw a touchdown pass at the end of the game too. Right. So, and I think we've always kind of talked about why hasn't that been the focus of a coach that knows that Stafford's good at that? But is it just do the coaches get in there and look at Stafford and be like, he's really not that good? Like, he's talented and he can improvise, but can he handle like the down to down game management that, that we see from these quarterbacks? All right. So, before we get in too deep, because I think this is there's more going on than meets the eye. I think some of this is a talent pool, the the skill positions that that Stafford's playing with. Some of it's probably play calling because you know last year we saw the play calling and everybody was pumped when Stafford was healthy because it was different, it was creative and it moved. You know he was in the MVP talks for several weeks, like that was cool. Yeah, sure, but we still weren't winning games. We were still didn't, weren't looking like the Chiefs. We still weren't moving the ball like Aaron Rodgers does literally every single season. Right, and like, and I and there's a difference. So before leading up to today, I, I watched the Saints game. I watched a YouTube video of every single passing attempt that Matthew Stafford had during that Saints game, and what I saw and it was an aerial view where I could see all the wide receivers and all the routes, and you could basically see where Stafford's going with the ball. To when I when I looked at that, what was so eye opening to me is how nobody gets open. Like I, I, how many times this year have we seen Jeff Okuda? We'll get into the defense in a little while too. How many times this year have we seen Jeff Okuda or any of our corners other than Amani chasing the wide receiver? They're chasing him. There's separation. There's like four yards between the wide receiver and the cornerback. Why? Because he put a move on. Mm-hmm. He he put him going the wrong way, and then he put his foot in the, in the ground mm-hmm. and started sprinting across the field. We don't have that. I looked at literally every single play. I did not see that. There was one time. The first drive when uh, when we had the big play, it, that was it. That was the only time that I saw where where there was separation with our wide receivers. I'm looking at it and I don't see the, the athleticism. So the speed. Do, do you feel like the separation this year is any different than last year? Like, what was it better last year? Was it worse last year? Was it the same? I think what I'm getting at is every single pass that Matthew Stafford has, he has to thread the needle. It is. It's like a, a high risk pass. And last year, what we saw, we saw touchdowns where nobody else in the league would have even thrown the ball. And Stafford's throwing it through forward linebackers and oh, his talent's never been safety. a question. His talent's never been a question. Yeah, but like, when does Kenny Galladay get an easy touchdown? Like, I can't remember the last. Time. Every single one is like a jump ball. Like, you know, so fade so to the do corner. you think it's, it's the wide receivers? Effort, athleticism, or is it play calling, not being creative enough? Like, what are your thoughts? This is where I this is where I go back to Bob Quinn. He has failed to put talent around Matthew Stafford, his arm talent, to get wide receivers that are athletic enough to create their own space. 
and to be a challenge. Like when we get because Patrick Robinson was for the Saints was is an old corner. He's a good, talented cornerback, but he's old, so he's not the starter anymore. Patrick Robinson took over for uh, Lattimore, who was hurt, right as a cornerback. We should have been targeting that matchup all day long, but we didn't have anybody athletic enough to pull away from him. Which, so, so, so. Of your wideouts, who do you think is overrated? Who do you think is underrated? Like, I, I don't, I, I don't understand the the level of where you're at with your wideouts because a, a lot of the time, what we hear is Galladay is great. He's going to possibly be an elite player for years and years and years. Which, he's, which he's I got agree that with. look. Yeah, he's okay. got that long body. The the athleticism to go run down the field to the jump balls and everything that's great that's wonderful but i'm saying the collection is put to bed together poorly so i i don't i kind of sorry but i'm gonna jump in a little bit and you're talking about this earlier I i don't know that i agree fully that it's just a talent issue as much of a coaching issue and an execution issue like we gaudi's talented marvin jones is talented we have receivers but they're the same but yeah, exa- that's the problem. Like they're the same type of guy. All of a sudden, Marvin Hill Hall, Hall right? Mar- yep. Sorry, Marvin Hall. I don't know why I said Hill. Marvin Hall comes in and like once in a while and has a chance. For, we should have had a touchdown the was two right. last game. Yeah. Two so games why doesn't ago. he play more? Because he's the yeah. kind of guy that we're missing. And all of a sudden, well, I think they're trying to do that. They got Agnew coming in to to do that. But why does it take that? But I still think it comes to route running. If like I I don't know when you went through and watched those videos, did you just see lack of? Cutting and yeah. and so so was that coaching or is that play calling or or just straight up athleticism like or a mix or I, what I'm do you looking, think? I'm looking at the the talent collection side of it because there's nothing there's nothing wrong with Danny Amendola there's nothing wrong with Marvin Jones Jr. there's nothing wrong with Kenny Galladay I think Kenny Galladay is great but you look at all three of those guys they don't create their own space. They don't run away from the cornerbacks. None of them do. Galladay is the closest one. You're right, but but I, I think the route running matters. Let me give you an example. Okay, Tom Brady leaves the Patriots and goes to Tampa, right? They're three and one. He's had he's had his Godwin's hurt. Yeah, but Godwin creates separation. Okay, yeah, but hold on. He's got Godwin that's hurt. He's got Evans who's had an ankle, a banged up ankle that's hurt, that are supposed to be their stud wide receivers. Yet these random guys that I've never even heard of are running routes that you just and, and they're making plays because Tom's there as well, I think, as a quarterback and leading that charge of this is how you need to run the route, this is how you need to run the play. Where was that last year with, you know, Bruce Aarons, right, as a coach? Right. And so I, I think they, they that, threw for over five thousand yards. I know, but but year. yeah, but he also threw like a trillion interceptions. Well, and yeah, both that's a bad and, quarterback. Both, and and Godwin <laughs> and Godwin and um Evans were healthy. Yeah, both, but what I'm saying year. is you look at the the combination of Evans. Evans is a guy to, who does not create a whole bunch of separation, but he's a big body that you can always target and he wins those those matchups. Oh, especially that's, in red zone. That's yeah. equivalent he's he's an extreme example of this, but that's equivalent to a Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Then you get Godwin come in and he's the athletic freak who nobody can can cover. Right. Where where is that with the Lions? We have the same type of non-separation, good, solid professional wide receiver that can't run away from a cornerback anymore in Marvin Jones Jr. I'm again, but, but I'm just do, saying the collection. How does of them. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady get their receivers to run routes that are not Godwin? That, that like, that's right? where I think it comes down to creativity. 
with what you have. Yeah, I agree with that too. So I, I, I where that where that is or how much of that you have, I don't really know. I don't watch the games a whole lot. You guys do. I mean, is there an enormous amount of creativity? Is there little? Is there some? Because yeah. Daryl Bevel actually had the offense firing pretty good last year. You have the same offense, except you got a little bit better with more depth. Yeah. So I, I, what's going on? Well, and that's and that's where I can get into this because I think again, I think it's more than Matthew Stafford. Is, does he need some of the blame here? Yeah, for sure. That that why that, that interception was killer. Killed us. Yeah. yeah. What were we up? Fourteen seven at that point. I mean, that was that was to go up twenty one seven and and make like put the pressure on. New Orleans Saints. Huge momentum change. Yeah, but that was also a – when he let that ball go, the wide receiver – or that was Hawkinson, right? Hawkinson hadn't even turned yet. He didn't have to. If, if Stafford let him, it's an easy touchdown. I, I think that was on Hawkinson. I think oh. – like how do you how do you not anticipate that ball being thrown up there and then beat a smaller cornerback and win that jump ball for uh, yeah, Stafford? Yeah, if he throws it up, it was short. Yeah, I mean it was short, but he's falling away on his butt while, while the – Cornerback is just sitting there picking him off. Patrick then don't Robinson. throw it. Like we can't make excuses for Stafford. I mean, honestly, the dude's like, he, yeah. Of no. all of all active quarterbacks who have played at minimum thirty-two games, so like two years, right? Thirty-two games in in theory. He ranks thirtieth in win percentage. Thirtieth. I mean, wrap your head Game, around games that. played. Game like if quarterbacks when that have plays. played. Yep. Yes, when he plays games played. 30 minimum, sorry, 32, that's two seasons minimum. The last two seasons. It doesn't have to be the last two. I'm talking of active. I want to get down to the bottom of this. Okay, (laughs) listen, active quarterbacks. Okay. Active quarterbacks, whether they're starter or backup, that have had a minimum of 32 games played in the NFL, that's not even including Lamar, who has 28. He ranks 30th. So if you want to put Lamar in there at 28, that'd be 31st. In 30th win of percentage. all time. That's awesome. No, at, at, you got to start. I'm just, listening. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Active quarterback. <laughs> that's so, not good. Yeah, that is that is not. That's, that's. Are we trying to argue that the Lions franchise has been good during his tenure, or have they been bad? Is it not his fault at some point? I, you know what, I actually agree, and I think at some point I want to bring that up. Like, is it time to start having this argument of, you know. What's hard is we get emotional as Lions fans yes. because because he is literally the best Lions quarterback of all time. He was supposed to he was supposed to be the savior. He was supposed to change what we have, but he didn't. Like at it some point we have it doesn't to, matter. He he is the best Lions quarterback of all time. Talented maybe, but no. the dude is dude hasn't won combined I mean, everything. You realize that he is nine and fifty four as a, against winning record teams. Can, nine and fifty four. Can you name somebody a better quarterback that has ever played for the Detroit Lions? I, I don't care. I want him to win Charlie football Batch. games. Like there you let, go. Let me let me like there you go. That's yeah. the argument. Yeah, no, but is. that's what I mean because we got so used to never having a competent quarterback at all that as soon as we get one Since? who we who we admire, we're gonna we're, we've latched onto him and we don't want to give it up because he has a talent. But I don't know that he has the quarterback like the ability to be a quarterback and and as well. And I know the salary cap's a huge issue in that, and, I, and we can get into that. Like we we kind of got screwed in this. But these are the quarterbacks that have made it to a Super Bowl since Stafford was started in 2009. Obviously, the greats are Breeze, Manning, Rogers, Ben. I guess you want to throw him there, Warner. Um, but then you got. Guys like Flacco, Kaepernick, Wilson's great, Cam, Matt Ryan, Foles, Goff, Jimmy G, Bo- Blake Bortles, 
Ryan Tannehill. Wait, Blake Bortles? Yeah. Well, I know, sorry. Blake Bortles made it to the uh, – is it Blake Bortles? Blake Bortles did not make it to the Super no, Bowl. No, sorry. I meant, I, I, meant, I meant to say <laughs> AFC Championship. We lost in that one. <laughs> okay. I was getting into those. Tannehill. Super Bowl. Cute. Yeah, Super like, Bowl. Yeah. But Tannehill was, you know, right there. Luck. Sanchez. And then Kurt Cousins. Sanchez and Kurt Cousins were both lost in the in the title game. And Stafford has not won a playoff game. Yeah, but all of those teams, like the Flacco's, the Sanchez, like those defenses were elite. Okay. And those offenses sucked, and they just they just got there because of a running back and defense. Okay, so so I think it's both being a quarterback and being a coach. Right. Right. Yeah, we don't have either right now. Well, right now, okay. So the other topic is these running backs. Because I think the strength of this offense, other than Matthew Stafford in crunch time, because the defense sits back and lets him throw all over the field. That, to be honest, that's what's going on, right? They're they're just giving him space. They don't want to get beat deep, so right, he, he takes advantage of that fifteen yard route. Is are these running back the running back group? Who I'm thinking DeAndre Swift. I look at DeAndre Swift and I think, how is he not getting the ball more? Because I'm talking about the the lack of athleticism w- with the running with the wide receivers, and you look at what the Saints just did to us, they put Alvin Kamara all over the field, all over the field as a wide receiver as a running back. How are we not utilizing our offensive weapons in that way? Put put multiples out there. Yeah. When when, when teams do multiple tight ends like like you guys did yeah. the first game or two with uh, with Jesse James and with Hawkinson. Jesse James and Hawkinson. Do that with your with your running backs yeah. because it creates such a mismatch. You have no idea what's about to happen, not a clue, and you have so many weapons out there. Yeah, I agree. Why not utilize what you have? Yeah, and who's the best with the ball in their hand in space? A guy like DeAndre Swift. Right. Right? But, like, and I think that you brought this up last week, which is interesting. Like, like talking about Peterson, starting there. Like I think we were like overreacting a little bit to how like he's doing some good things, but like he hasn't been clutch on first. And, was it you or Sam maybe that brought this up that like first and second down, like we're trying to get established a run game, but he's really not doing it. Yeah. So I think you bring both like you were saying, Micah, and now you have you have multiple threats that they have to worry about, and I think that's what the Chiefs do really well. I think that the Saints do really well. Like. Make it confusing as you're. You only have a certain amount of days in the a Packers, week to prepare. The I, do that so well. I yeah. have been watching that with my team, and I've been watching it week in and week out. And I'm sure he's getting recognition now nationally that Aaron Jones is absolutely tearing it up because he's given the opportunity. They're lining mm-hmm. him up in the slot. They're lining him up in the backfield. Yeah, and they're running all sorts of different looks. With the same look, and you know what, and you yeah. know what they do is when there is a mismatch on the field, they will change the play. Well, they'll throw them out to yep. the as a wide receiver yep. and watch what linebacker follows them. Where is that Ooh. happening with the Lions? Exactly. Where's the well, mismatch? Where Where are we looking? Like wh- it's almost like strategy. Why are we not strategizing in real time on the field? So, so sure, you you don't. What you think is you don't have that extreme amount of athleticism in your wideout group. So then. Take your extra two running backs, get them out there in the field. Put one in the slot. Put one in the backfield. Line up a couple different guys. Put two tight ends out there. Put, like take take Jesse James, throw him wide out. Yeah. Bring Hawkinson in to that tight end, that traditional position. Still have Galladay out there. Look what you just did. Yeah. Look how mismatched and look how heavy and aggressive that offense looks. Just lining up. 
Well, and carry on Johnson. I'm not going to argue he's the most athletic guy in the in the world, but why did he get drafted by the Lions? He was a guy that was supposed to be the savior as a wide re- as a receiver in the backfield. He's not. We don't well, use him that way. We don't exactly. use him at all. We don't like, use him at all. Exactly. The, we have three running backs that are all healthy and all capable of being a number one. Not How only are we don't not we doing, use, them, use like, them. You went into this week. And Karrion had had some good things going on the week before when he was actually played. And then this week it was like, where was he? I mean, he wasn't even being used or, or, or utilized at all. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. So hold on. Before, so no, like, you're fine. Like, Ryan, off of your point of, of like, why don't we bring him, like other teams bring him into motion and, and create a mismatch? Like, I think that, again, kind of comes back to Stafford a little bit for not making that type of an audible. Like, where. These quarterbacks are seeing that mismatch live where Stafford is great in the beginning of the game with a scripted like yeah. situation. Yeah, the, and the, in the, six, yeah. the six play. Yeah, game and then the two in the two minute drill where he's just improvising. So I don't think he's good at that audible sense. And maybe it's Stafford or maybe it's Patricia who is brutal when it comes to like the record, right? I mean, he's not very good. So, so I, I don't let, know. Sorry. Let, go ahead. Let's almost transition into that really quick. But for a guy who's seemingly on the hot seat, and I think rightfully so, how are you not putting your best foot forward or asking Daryl Bevel to switch up or add different personnel onto his offense? Because I, I, I would assume Daryl Bevel has full control of the offense. However, as a head coach, you have that trump card. Hey, I want carry on, and I want DeAndre Swift out there in, a, in a different package. I don't think Make, he knows. Who, That's what, not what? his thing. Like he's a defensive coordinator. You don't think he knows what talent he literally just drafted? No. Like that's that's what that's where it's. So, no. I don't think I he, don't buy that. I Come do. What? Yeah. Look at the dude. The dude is all right. There's eight coaches. Let's get into the coaching. Okay. There's eight coaches that have records over 500 that have also been between 20 and 60 games. So about the time period where where we've had Patricia. Okay. And and his he's he's batting like two, which in baseball ain't that bad. Like two ninety two is <laughs> well, his win percentage. All right, I was so, taking that my sophomore year. <laughs> so listen, like you, I know you guys think I'm crazy. Like I know he knows that, but as a head coach, then step up and say something. Like your job is to be, uh, be the head coach, and your job is to to also communicate with your coordinators. He is not doing that, or he doesn't have the balls excuse me to do what he's supposed to do so excuse me <laughs> no i agree i completely agree and and even let's play off of stafford's strengths here what do we have as our quarterback we have somebody who does really well improvising right a ridiculous arm in hurry up mode in hurry up offense why are we not utilizing him like peyton manning would in the middle of a game be aggressive peyton manning would be up 21 points and they would be catching guys trying to sub Right. You know the defense trying to sub and get twelve guys on the Again, field. Again, that's Manning though against Stafford. But, I, I I think no, that. But I mean that that's the edge that I think the Lions need because we're not talented enough to do it on right. our own. So you have we to need to have we need to have some sort of game plan edge to go into a hurry up offense all through the second and third quarter. Even faking it and that man yeah. like because uh, I I'm, something I'm a, I'm a, I'm a side Broncos fans Broncos fan as well. So watching Peyton like one thing that he did all the time was fake stuff. Yeah. He would just like run up to the line. Yeah, they would still like run the whole but they wouldn't clock be, out. But they wouldn't sub. They no. wouldn't do that. And then he, they if would, he had the right yeah. matchup, if he had the right match, because defense can't sub in that right. scenario. So he, if he had the right matchup, he would just be like, so, sweet. I, mean, I don't want to go 
too much farther on the offense because right. I think oh, we yeah, got all sure. over. The, the bottom line is, and I and I don't want this to be completely lost. The bottom line is we did score thirty or twenty nine points. We right. lost by five points, 35-29. Right? Did I just do the math Six. wrong? <laughs> so funny though. Six points, thirty five twenty nine against kudos Saints. to creeping back in, but don't forget. You had scored an aggressive 14 points right out of the bat, or right off the bat, and got absolutely torn up well, and for I think, 35 <laughs> straight points. And I think that's where this, this the next topic goes, because Defense. honestly, we had we had a 14-point lead, and I looked at the clock, and it was like, what, 11 minutes left in the first quarter? And I'm just looking at me like, we're screwed. <laughs> There's too yeah. much time on the clock. Yeah. Like, I know we just got into a lead. I know I should have been pumped about having a 14-point lead, but all I could think about is how Drew Brees has all the time in the world to throw the ball all over the field and tears apart. That, that's all I was thinking about because I just knew it was going to happen. Right. It's a, let's get into the defense a little bit because I think it's worth talking about. It is. Except there's nothing worth talking about. Right. right? <laughs> it's just not fun to watch. The man-to-man were not athletic enough to do it. So I don't love it. I don't so, know. number one, last week we we beat the Arizona Cardinals, and I made the point that we went small, right? Tracy Walker was used as a linebacker. Yep. We used three safety sets. We used three cornerback sets or five defensive backs a lot in that win against the Cardinals. What did we do against the Saints? The same thing, which I actually wanted them to do. But where mm. did we get beat? Right up the gut where we were missing that linebacker, and, and Tracy Walker, as a linebacker, I'm sorry, but he can't fill those gaps. They're, they just picked us apart for seven again, and eight-yard runs again, coaching, all game long. Coaching, quarterback play, realizing that that's a mismatch. I know we're talking defense, but I, I think that ultimately it comes down to coaching. Like we, I, I didn't see Jared Davis on – Jared Davis was on the field at the end in the fourth quarter. Great when we had back. some of those When we had some of those – defensive stops but i did not see jared davis on the field during those critical times he was not filling the gap he wasn't even out there jelani tavai was out there we had we had raglan out there sometimes we had christian jones out there raglan made some good plays raglan did make some good plays yeah Yeah. he gets to the quarterback yeah so let's let's do that more what i what i will never understand when it comes to football is if you're an expert at something why not just take pride in that like just because you're the head coach doesn't mean you can't still like kind of run the defense like if that is your thing run it well didn't it, right? he run it last year for a minute well yeah he, but not the this year, year before no. that yeah no, i mean he, I, came, he came in calling plays trying yeah but then they kind of took that off but i if you're not that's what i'm saying like if you're not you should be doing it then like you should be great at that you should be the one taking pride in that why is that not happening? My biggest problem with what I saw in the field is, again, the lack of adjustments because Desmond Trufant was getting beat all over the field, all over the place. He was chasing after whoever he was guarding. And I know that Trufant was supposed to replace Slay, and everybody's pumped about him, and Sam's talking about how that's a massive impact to the scene. That's what he says, massive impact. He He was our downfall early on in this game to let the Saints come back in the game. So where is that... 
we just let him over and over and over target Trufant all over the field on crossing routes, and yet we didn't get our most athletic cornerback, who I know didn't have another great mm-hmm. game or anything, but how do you not make an adjustment and throw Okuda out there when he wasn't even on the field, because when our other guy's getting torn apart? We do not make adjustments. I I have a problem with that. I'm sorry, but you, you, should, see, you should see Emmanuel Sanders running by Trufant, not even close, and then make an adjustment. You have to make Say adjustments. That, that man-to-man isn't working. We're either going to go zone or we're going to change our man-to-man. You have to. It might be the easiest sport to make adjustments in. I, I think football is so overrated for how complex it is because I don't right. think it's that complex. Yep. And people can diagram you to death you and think that they're change. so smart and everything, but it's not that hard. People have their jobs. And what I saw were a whole bunch of linebackers both filling the same gap. And then the, who was the other guy out there? Tracy Walker getting pushed down the field seven yards, and there was there were two gaps for the running backs to cut back, mm-hmm. and it was always a cutback. If you watch the tape, it was always a cutback. They were always in the initial gap, mm-hmm. and then one cutback away because that last gap was not being filled. So, I, you're not, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, but it, it just it just drives me crazy. It, it makes me insane because it's well. one because it's one disciplined player away. From at least putting them in a third and seven in a third and nine, third and nine situation, they weren't right. even getting a third down no. during those drives. Oh, brutal. But I also think that goes back a little bit to the offense after those first fourteen points. I know that might sound crazy, but when you're not getting long drives, the defense continues you're, to have to come back on the field. You're not helping out the other side look, of your team. Look at the Patriots and Chiefs, or pff, Patriots and Chiefs. Patriot, yeah, Patriot. That was last night. Yeah. I think I'm just so lost because I'm <laughs> Miss Brady um, with the Patriots. But Patriots and Chiefs last night, like Chiefs were way better than the Patriots. They just are. Well, I but, mean, the Patriots ran Brian Hoyer out there, so which was there's a, that. What a what a classic <laughs> that guy performed. Sparty, yeah, go get it. Unfortunate for a uh, uh, Michigan guy here, Michigan State guy, but you know, Michigan guy. But Sorry, anyway, whatever, we're proud it. of him. New England. <laughs> And Chiefs game last night. Like I feel like one of the things that the the Patriots did to control um, Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense was just slowing down the gameplay on offense for New England and just time management and and really just no bend but not break type of mentality on every drive. Like they realized the like that clock management thing, and they just extended the game as long as they possibly could. They didn't win, so I don't want to get like into that. Maybe if Edelman wouldn't have fumbled the football off his hands, it would have been different for that pick six. But yeah, but I just I just watched that game, and I'm like, wow, the coaching on both sides, the adjustments on both sides, and then that kind of gets us into maybe looking at a coaching change. Are we doing that? Are we not? Perfect. And, and I and I really look at Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> let, let let's quick hit on what Ryan's got, and we'll get into the coaching. We I, should. I don't even know if you know what I've got though. What so, do you got? So I mean, I I was going to go through a little bit of, you know, you're bringing up the Patriots, and uh, we've got a lot of flack. The Lions have gotten a lot of flack for bringing in ex Patriots, and we're just saying, you know, the we're bringing in all these guys. They're trying to go the Patriot way. You know, the fans, some of the fans like it and some of the fans hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the guys that we brought in, and we're, you know, we brought in Deron Harmon, Danny Shelton, 
who else? Who else? We Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. Uh, there's there's one more I'm missing. He's oh oh, and Jamie Collins, right? To me, those are the stars on the defense right now. They're the ones standing out and actually making plays. So I I I just wanted to touch on that for a little bit to say I that is not the the problem with this defense. Trey Flowers, I do think he's a problem for not getting after the quarterback and not helping out in the run game as well. Because if no you're not going to get to the quarterback, the quarterback, then you better help out in the run game. To a certain extent, because then I, I then ask is, are these players playing up to their contract that they were given? Trey Flowers, no. That's And, and people can give him as much. You know, I'm probably going to hear that about that from Sam because I know that Sam is in love with Trey Flowers and thinks he's really, really good. But what I see is a guy who does not explode past his past the, the offensive tackle. And how can you be a guy that's paid that much that does not have the athleticism to run by somebody? You have to at least be the threat to run by that person. And I don't see that. There's no speed going around. I will bring up, I think, the 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 one guy that I think has been standing out is Romeo Aquara. He has gotten to the quarterback, and he was he his speed around the outside was something that we haven't seen in a, in a long time. I mean, it, it's been a while since we've seen somebody actually go around a tackle. Yeah. All right, Trav. Let's get back into your uh, coaching. your coaching hate. No, I just yeah. I, I think I, this is going to be pretty quick. I, I think oh, yeah. You know, I, we I, can address I, the elephant in the room. We don't have to get into it too much, but I just I just think that. Eric Bieniemy is something that we need to look at long term. I know you have a different view on that, Micah, but who's Eric Bieniemy? He is the offense coordinator for the Chiefs, and I just okay. love his creativity. I think everybody would love any anything coming from the Chiefs right now. Yeah, right. But I'm just confused why he didn't get hired last year too. There was open jobs, but I think that the Lions have an opportunity to get a guy like this. Um, I, yeah, I'm just impressed. I mean, he's whipping out plays from. 1960s and and that that worked and then they all of a sudden worked for the Chiefs like I mean he's putting in the time the effort yeah um why not bring a guy in but Mikey you have another so, take on who the Lions should replace the I, inevitable firing of Matt Patricia <laughs> I, I do and I I think it's kind of the easy choice but I think it's easy for a a very given reason it's it's bill o'brien from the texans so if you simply pa- look patriot back, way what patriot way right he's a patriot guy bill o'brien he is originally a yeah. patriot really guy. yeah yes. oh i didn't know that i just knew he came from yeah, Penn people State. Him, i hated that give guy. him crap because he's trying to be yeah. like the patriot way so yeah so so delete his gm responsibility he doesn't get to be the lion's gm this is all hypothetical talk okay Take that away from him. Look at him simply as a head coach, and you look at the fruit of his labor. He brought the Texans to division championships two years in a row just before this 0-4 season start. So I I don't know what it's like to, to be a GM and a coach. It's probably like trying to play guitar and sing at the same time, which is impossible in my opinion. I can only stick to one instrument. And I think that's probably the way most coaches should be. However, <clears throat> put him into this system, and I and I get he had Deshaun Watson, who is who is a freak athlete QB. I get it. He had DeAndre Hopkins. He made some bad moves. He started on four. He got the boot. I get it. But you br- you bring him into Detroit. He's got Matthew Stafford. 
and he's got Kenny Galladay. He's still got plenty of talent on the team. He's got plenty of talent to work with. I think at this point, okay, could could the Lions get worse as far as wins and losses? Yeah, you could you could lose out, sure. But frankly, I don't feel like it could get much worse. Bring him in. Give give him a shot. Either give him a shot or give Daryl Bevel a shot. Can I? Yeah. Oh, so okay. here here's my take on the whole thing. Th- this is the the optimistic and kind of the cheap way out of this way of thinking. But we are one dropped pass away from DeAndre Swift for being two and two right now, and our losses are against the Packers, who look like the best team of football right now, New Orleans Saints, who everybody understands is is a great football team and has just played some really good teams at this point so far. So, our, I mean, we're not, we're not that far away from being exactly where we thought we should be. But we're one, we're one pass away, one ridiculous fourth quarter and drop pass away from being where exactly where we should be. Maybe talent wise, but we also we. I mean, we've talked about this already. We're not executing across the board. We're not doing the things that we should do. We don't look that great. Like we, have we four just interceptions in the last two games. We just don't look that good. No, though. I, I like, agree. Like I agree. The with eye you. test is not there. I, the eye test means something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it means that you're looking with your eyes, right? Yeah. And there's a test, and they're failing. Yeah. Can, r- no, okay. I look, but I think I think the the important part is. We have a bye week right now, and then next game is against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have to win. If we do not win that game, I am changing my stance on this, and I'm calling for Patricia's job. I don't think there's any right. way you can defend that. Like we got a potential to go on a streak. Yeah, you got to win it handily. You don't don't come back. Ah, oh, wins at, a win. No, wins a win. Just like a loss is a loss. Because week one should have been a win, but everybody tells a me it's, it's a, a loss. Correct. But admittingly, last year the Packers were a thirteen three team, and it got called nothing but soft. They're a weak thirteen three team. I get it, but in the end, if you're just sitting back and then coming back and barely beating the Jags with a field goal, because it could, it's probably more likely to happen than not, right? Yeah, the way the play is yeah, right the now. Way, the way the Lions play, it's always close. Yeah. Okay, a, a win's a win, yeah. but are you going to feel that much better about Matt Patricia if he beats the Jags by a field goal? Look, that, I'm, I'm just telling you. Look, they're they're going to play the Jaguars, and then they have the Falcons. If they walk out of there three and three, and then their schedule after that looks like this: Colts, Vikings. Washington football team. They don't even have a name. Right. The Washington football team. The Panthers and the Texans. All and then the winnable Bears. Games. And then the Bears. All winnable games. I mean, the the schedule right now is lining up for them. If if they can do something in the next two weeks. They have to be the Jags. They have to be the Jags. Really they have a good offseason. Before we get into the offseason, I just want to quick jump on Brian. Uh, I don't think the offseason's in anything. Not offseason. Um, off week. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, off week. week. Yeah. Um, Micah. Yeah? So... O'Brien went nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve. The eleven and five and ten six, I think, with Watson. The nine and seven years, cool, but I mean, they still made the playoffs in nine and seven, where a lot of teams were not making the playoffs in sure. those years of nine and seven. So, okay. like, kind of the division weakness led to them making it to the playoffs, and they pretty much lost. They only won one of those games in the playoffs. So, I, I'm not sold on oh. O'Brien. Hold on. So are are you going to be happier with 
Caldwell's last year or second to last year. I'm just saying it's pretty much the same same thing. I wasn't calling for his job either. I'm pretty much I'm just saying it's the same thing as Caldwell to an extent. But But, I don't want to get into this. But I think that's a Stafford thing because with Stafford, are you ever going to be the dominant twelve and four, thirteen and three team? Because thirtieth ranked quarterback win percentage. Patrick Mahomes, all those other guys, they make everybody look really good. They make something out of nothing. Aaron Rodgers makes something when when nothing is there. Right, he mm-hmm. makes something happen. Right, I I don't see that on a consistent basis, but we know that. So Matthew Stafford, I've come to the realization that Matthew Stafford, in his good years, will give us a ten and six team in his best years. He's not that. He's got a lot of talent. He could maybe they need win to it support for us. Every other right, he's group not one of them of guys. That team. Yeah. So so let's let's start wrapping this up because yeah, I think we've gone along. I enough. think we have. Yeah, about the longer. the lines here. Yeah. Sam would be proud. Sam yeah. would be proud. Yeah, except we. I think we all ganged up on Matthew Stafford. He'd be actually, you know what? He's furious right now. Oh yeah, let's be he honest. He loves Stafford. Yeah, let's be honest. He He's loves furious Stafford. with the whole Stafford talk. But I'm just saying, we should we should come to the realization that he is not the kind of quarterback that will single handedly make you a good team. No. Can he be a part of a great team? Absolutely. He could is be he, a Super Bowl winning team if he was on a Super Bowl he, for the 49ers right. last year. If if you put. Matthew oh Stafford on the 49ers yeah. last year, yep. they win the Super Bowl. Right. And Sam and I have had this, this discussion many times. Like, the we got screwed with his salary cap with Stafford. As simple as that. Like, if, if he would have been on – we did. You Look got at restructured all, this year. Yeah, but I'm talking like 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 rookie contract. The timing The, timing the of rookie when he contract, was good, yeah. yeah. Like, we got screwed with the rookie contract. Because he had his 5,000-yard game right when he was Exactly, because yeah. these other guys are, like, dominate or, like, coming in. They're not great, but they're cheap. So then you have so much more money in your salary cap to spend on other players. Stafford did not have that originally, and I think that is a problem. But I also agree with what Ryan is saying. I don't think Stafford wins us games like the greats do. And, I mean, there's only a few greats. Let's yeah, there's only honest. a few, and and – a draft pick does not create a stud quarterback. Let's oh. let's look at the last several first round pick quarterbacks. It does not mean that you're a great franchise at that oh, point. Oh, not even close. So let's not also pretend that you know all we need to do is sell out and win one game and go restart from the very beginning. That's not the answer either. But I don't know. I think I think we'll wrap it up there. We're yep. going to move on yes. to the next subject, which is Red Wings. So stay with us. We're going to be right, right back, back as soon as we can if not sooner. What is this? I think it's country. Sound of victory. If that's country, that's, that's like the most acceptable country I'll have. Cause it's like true country. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, right? I'm okay with that. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer something more like victory. bluegrass. All right, either way, that was that was a uh, a very long Lions discussion. I think it was a little bit spirited, you could say, maybe. Per the usual. Yeah, per the usual, exactly. I mean, that's what we have to talk about. That's really what's going on. But there, there, there is some Red Wings news that we wanted to get into. So, Micah, I'm going to throw this over to you. There was something that happened outside of the draft, right? Yeah, big, big news as far as Red Wing fans and Red Wing fandom goes. Justin Abdelkader just got bought out today. They're buying out his contract, splitting ways. I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be eating money for, I think, six years. What? We're gonna Seriously? be eating money. Yeah, we're till like twenty twenty six. All right. So what? How does that happen? Was he was he a locker room guy who 
brought the team down? Is he just not a hard worker? Is there some sort of attitude problem? Or like, why do you buy somebody out in this scenario and have to pay him money for six years? If somebody else signs him, is that money going to be taken off the books? It, uh, quite honestly, I, that would be a Sam question. That would be a Sam answer for next week. I think we'll talk more about that next week. Um, as far as the details go, I, I'm, I'm not a good detail guy with all the contract stuff. Sam is really good with that. Um, <clears throat> I, he's not a bad locker room guy. He's a, he's a good locker room guy. He's a good leader. He just, for the money we were paying him, he wasn't producing. It yeah. was, it was bad. It yeah. just was flat out terrible. I mean, the lot, but, <laughs> but unfortunately he had injuries that held him back for a couple seasons in a, it just didn't pan out for him. It didn't pan out for us. We're paying out a lot of money. We're going to end up eating quite a bit of money, but we're going to save a little bit for the cap. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. but we're going to open up a roster spot, which is that's probably the basically goal the bright this. side. I right. think that's a goal. And I, I, like, I agree with everything you said, Micah. I, I think he isn't a terrible locker room guy or anything like that. I just don't think he's that good. I don't know that he was ever really that good. I think he, like, when we started to get bad, he was pretty good. But he was just he was just a fan favorite. He came from Muskegon, which cool, right? I mean, if you're from West Michigan, you got a guy like well, you got a Glenn Denning, right? You, and you, we had multiple <clears throat> guys, right, from our side, cool. right? And and you've got Abdulkader, and it's like oh, cool, you Mark know, they're like home, hometown hero stuff. It's great. But it's it's not so great when you're not winning. I mean, in the Red Wings, it's not like they're close to winning, right? They're right. the worst team in hockey for how many years now? Right, two, and, and for real, a long time, two, three, four years. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking about well, like, what feels like a long time. Well, they're not they're not close, is what I'm Correct. getting at. So these kind of moves are to be expected. These guys that we're used to hearing about the the names that everybody knows, we got to move on from these guys and clear up some space, some cap space for. The younger roster spots to come in and see what see what we have with them. Yeah, yes. and and so and so one other thing I wanted to add, and this this is Sam chiming in here because unfortunately we just don't have the capacity tonight to get his phone call in here. Um, but he did text we don't know us. How technology works, right? We're bad with technology. I mean, it took us an hour and a half to get started. It's so anyways. Late, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but he he adds that Applicator had a no trade clause, so we would have had to protect him in the expansion draft. So this this is actually working out really nice, right? So this buyout opens out or opens up a roster spot, money, and a protection spot when the expansion draft happens next season. So we get to protect someone else instead of having to protect uh, Abdulkader. So this this is <clears throat> mostly a win win. I mean we're we're eating money, but we get to, we get to have another protection spot. And we're saving a little bit of money, and that's just what it is. Call it what it is. We're not. We haven't gotten production. We aren't going to get production from Advocator. Cut ties. Yeah. Ho- I mean, hopefully, not, he ends up being something for someone else. Yeah, it's not making the wings worse. It's not making the wings better. It's allowing the these young guys to come in, step in, and see what we have with them. I think. Let's move on to the draft because this is also draft night for the Detroit Red Wings. Fourth overall pick, uh, the Red Wings selected Lucas Raymond, the Swedish do we, do, left winger, right? He's left winger or is he a right winger? Le- left winger, shoots righty. Left winger, shoots righty. He's a Swedish uh, left winger at number four overall in the draft. So this is somebody who we did have our eye on. We I think we covered in one of our previous episodes probably like, 
I'm going to just 15 episodes ago, we went through some of these yeah. potential draft picks. I, some of some of the guys that we wanted, Cole Perfetti, he went number ten. Uh, yeah, the, he dropped. Yeah, he did. Dry, Drysdale is the the defenseman who dropped to six or seven, I believe. Uh, so that, that's right around where everybody had him if he did not go to the wings. Yeah. So I, this isn't a surprise pick, but it's a little bit outside of it, I think where most experts probably had the wings selecting, right? Yeah, I, I think this is the best way of putting it because um, if you look at basically all the mock drafts out there the through the weekend leading up to this point, you saw Cole Perfetti mocked up quite a few times. You saw Drysdale mocked up a couple of times, you know, trying to basically solidify that young decor. And then, you know, if you ended up with Perfetti, which so- – Something happened. Something that we don't know. Something multiple that, teams picked up on. <clears throat> oh right? yeah, yeah. He dropped. I'm glad we didn't end up with him because there's something about him that they don't like. So I'm good with that. Yeah. But <clears throat> look, Sweden's top league in uh, Frölunda, <laughs> in Sweden. He spent the majority of the league as a 17 year old. So that shows how young this kid is. And he was playing at the the highest level, the top level in Sweden, which is good hockey. Yeah. And he didn't put up overwhelming numbers, but I think everybody started looking at the skills that he presented with speed, explosiveness, stick handing, uh, just an overall hockey IQ. He gets high marks from these scouts. And I'm I'm gonna just kind of read something real quick that, that you yeah know, do the it. the description of him from a scouting. Um, central nhl director i don't know some some guy i don't know his name but he says he's mo he's mobile explosive quick winger with speed and excellent puck control smart effective in traffic creates uh strong scoring chances with quick moves and hard work and i'm for the brief time that i looked into this guy uh i saw that there were a lot of of misses in his highlights. So a lot of highlights with him having the opportunity, creating the opportunity, and then just hitting the crossbar or just being off. Like it didn't end with a goal like you see with maybe like a byfield or or yeah. Lafreniere. I think I got his name right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, you killed so, it. Nice. So I think, you know, those other guys you, you see a little bit more of the finishing uh highlights, but there there's a bunch of there's a lot to like about him. But he's seventeen years old. So a lot it's of these 18 now. A lot of these guys are really young, and if you're not a hockey fan, that that's just that's just kind of a a uh, <clears throat> little piece of info that a lot of these guys are really really young. Yes. They're 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 not your NFL first rounders where they're twenty two years old, twenty one years old, however old they are when they're usually yeah. drafted. Grown the, men. These these guys are basically kids when they're getting drafted to the highest level of hockey play in the world. Right. And this kid is, this kid is younger. This kid is young. I think he's got a high upside. Um, He's got good hands. He's a good skater. He's got a good sense of, of where everyone's at on the ice. Yeah. Spatial awareness. This is, this is stuff that, Sam's going to touch on probably next week after he takes a pretty good look at his highlights. But yeah. for, like like you said, from what I've seen in the brief amount of time that we got to research him before the show tonight, I really do think he's got a high upside. I think he's a talented kid. I think hockey's such a tough 
spot too. I mean, I, hockey's obviously my, my it's a it's, sport. Yeah, it's is my it? it's my favorite sport. Tough no, sport. Or uh, tough no, spot? it is a tough spot. But I, I was getting in <laughs> tough spot. It's my favorite sport. But it's a tough spot when it. I, I was saying tough <laughs> no, spot. I know. I believe. Sorry. <laughs> when it becomes to when it comes to the draft, like the NFL is super easy. We have we have our our people. We have our you know. Like we have, it's really easy to figure out. With hockey, it's a little bit different because the whole world is invested. Similar to baseball, which is your thing, right? And and that makes it difficult to like really find who you want. And there, there's easy picks, and and we're talking like average people that claim to be experts in this. Yeah. How but, do you compare somebody in the Canadian league juniors or something like that to somebody in Sweden? It's it's hard to just match that up for like a direct right. comparison. It, and because I think that changes from year to year too. Yeah. Like the the like complexity strong the of strong is. the league is. Yeah. But I think talent wise, like you just have to watch the film and decide and I think Eiserman's great at watching film. But I think we gotta get into You said experts and experts. I think we got I think Sam on the Sam line. Sam is ready, what? so we're gonna put him live yeah. from news Florida. To me, Here we go. On vacation. Sam He's He's always claiming to be like, you know, I'm on vacation or something. Sam, can you hear us? I can. Yeah. Can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's up, Florida man? Welcome back, wow. Sam. Yeah. You know, it's been a nice week off. Or, wait, no. I was, I was on last week, wasn't I? Man, it's been a long long couple days. But <laughs> it's been good so far. It's been good. I, I was watching a little bit of the, the intro, and you guys you guys missed the, the beer intros at first. No, but, we didn't. We did that on purpose. Um, Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's right. Yeah, I believe. Your head. That was part of the plan. I, I was sitting there, like, biting my nails. Are they going to end up remembering, or are they going <laughs> to? I guess, I saw it hit Micah's eyes. I was like, oh, Micah's, Micah's thinking about it. So, <laughs> thinking about beer. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. No, it's good. It was good. You guys got the music going, so that's a that's a big plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how's Florida? Is it cold? Uh, it's it's terrible, you know. The sun's been out a little too much for my liking. Oh. A little too warm. I had to, had to, you know, take a shirt off a couple times because it was so hot out. Jeez, but, that's awful. Um, it's been Sorry. yeah, yeah. We've been been around the pool a lot. It's been good though. Very nice. So, so we, yeah, yeah. We we were just getting into the the Red Wings draft pick tonight, fourth overall, Lucas Raymond. I think I don't think there's anybody better to give their thoughts. It, immediately after this pick than you. So what do, what do you yeah, think? What you are your know, initial thoughts of this pick? All right. So I think I, I made it pretty clear who I, who I thought they should have taken at four. Which, I think I all, which was we, who? Drysdale. I think Jamie Drysdale would have been the best pick. Defenseman, um, yeah. I'm not sure where, where he ended up going, but I, I just thought he was the most NHL-ready defenseman, and I just thought taking another defenseman was a really good way to go. Um, Drysdale but it, I mean, went really, six overall to the Ducks. Okay, but, I mean, here we are. It's It's – I'm not saying it was the wrong pick. Like you sit and look at, we're all used to the NFL draft and all the lines took a tight end. That's the wrong way to go. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's a little different. I mean, it's just, it's another way of skinning, skinning a cat. Really. If Eisenman thinks taking uh, Lucas Raymond was a good idea, then that's what it is. Right. He's just, he's just doing it in a different direction that that made sense to me. And look, he's the one making millions of dollars. I'm not going to question him. And honestly, it's going to be one of those picks that, you forget about in a couple of years, like, Oh, he could have taken X, Y, and Z and said he took a B or C, you know what I mean? So like, right. in my opinion, I would rather see a defensive because I feel like that, that kind of seals the deal on the defensive side with our prospects. Um, but here we are. I mean, we took another four that you can't go wrong with it. 
uh, I don't know a whole lot about the guy from what I saw. So I, I did watch a little bit of his highlights um, since the pick, and I saw he looks like a good skater, yep. um, good vision. But I mean, he's he's not NHL ready. Yeah, I think um, it'll be really interesting to see what the Red Wings do for the rest of the draft because they've got a lot of picks, a lot of second, third round. Like you've talked about, the, those are valuable picks that the that really where Steve Eisman will make his money. Right and, yeah, and, and turn this into a good draft. So I think it'll be interesting if they start stocking up on defensemen in the second and third rounds. Then he probably saw something that was that the the crowd was deep enough, you know, in, in this draft where he could get the the high upside guy compared to the known depth of the draft. And I think that'll be something that we'll probably get into next week. But it'll just be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, so yeah Sam, and and, oh. and and it's really hard to to have that opinion in, in at the beginning, um, because look, I mean, we don't know half of these kids. We we know probably the top six guys. Um, we've watched maybe highlights of them. It's it's not like we're used to with these guys coming up through college and we're watching them, you know, every weekend or three days a week in, in basketball, anything like that. So it's just, I mean, we have to trust our GM more because we don't have as strong of opinions. We don't have the resources that these guys have. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, if he thinks it's more of a defensive uh, depth draft, then he's he's going to nail it right on the head by taking two or three defensemen in the second round and prove all of us wrong, I so, guess, if you so will. So what were you going to say, Trev? Yeah, so Sam, I'm question for you. Cause Raymond, it looks like he's not going to be able to come at all next year. He's, he's locked into the Swedish League. Can't come yeah. over. So, like... I just wondered, like, long-term, how do you feel, like, where we're at? Like, is this pushing us even further into this rebuild stage? Not not at all. I, I think, I mean, really, there, there's rumors that Lafreniere is not going to play the next year, um, that he's going to stay overseas for a year wow. um, since he's already committed. There, there's a lot of rumors going around with the, obviously, COVID-type year, and it's not starting until, right. I think they're shooting for early Early January, if not late December, I think I heard. I don't remember exactly what it was. Came out January today for the NHL. Okay. So it's like, I mean, it's just a crapshoot as it is. Mm-hmm. It's not setting us back at all. I don't think people need to be worried about that by not getting an NHL-ready guy. Um, I think that he's playing – He's is he playing in the Swedish Elite League? Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a really good league. Um, he, he's going to get a lot more ice time. That, that was kind of the, the thing about him is – uh, a year and a half ago, nobody really knew his name because he was getting six, seven minutes right. of ice time per year, third, third or, I mean, per game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, as he gets more ice time playing against really high-level guys, I mean, is he going to turn into a really good player? Um, time will tell. I mean, there, he looks like he has all the skill in the world, which is great. His skating's good. So that's that's really what the NHL is about. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think it hurts us by any means. Um, but I just think I, I'm just I, I don't know I, I think time will tell and I, I want to look up a little bit more about the guy before I really have too strong of a stance on him. But I mean, for the most part, we can just we trust Eisenman, right? Yeah, I think it was I, just that's that's a good way of putting it because I don't think exactly time will tell. But also, Eisenman was brought in for this exact reason. So yeah, exactly. He assembled these teams that you know with the Lightning. He he assembled them not only with the first round picks but also with the second, third, and fourth round picks. So yep. that that's it'll be interesting to see the rest of this draft and how it plays out. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It, you're exactly right. And I think I, I keep going back to the 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 more mainstream sports with the uh, NFL and NBA that we're all used to um, knowing all of these players and stuff. Like 
Like, I mean, these guys know them way better than us. We're, it's much harder to be an armchair GM yeah. in, in the, the NHL game than, than any other sport, I feel like, because you just don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like and, baseball, and right? Yeah, similar. It is. It really is, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, it's I, – I, again, I would have liked to see Drysdale, but – Hey. I hope I, I hope I eat those words someday. Not that anybody will remember, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll remember. I can't wait to watch how he uh, pans out. Yeah, but this is hey, recorded, so we Sam, uh, I'll go back and listen. It's time for you to get back to your vacation. Enjoy your time well, with your wife. Well, and, um, I, I we did. Love no, you. hold on, hold on, hold on. He's, you guys not, ready? he's not ready for that. He's nah. not ready. <laughs> what? You well, guys already talked about the Lions? Of course oh, we did. Man. You, can, you can listen right. tomorrow. You want to jump in on the Lions? What are your thoughts? 45 You have 45 seconds. <laughs> We're gonna cut you off. I feel like a real radio show. I'm gonna shut you off right here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel I, I don't have a ton of thoughts. Obviously, there's a lot that went into that game. A lot of ugly, some decent positive. But one thing that I think really hurt them in key situations was their tackling. Um, I don't know if you guys brought it up or not. That was something that really stuck out to me. I know it's not the reason we lost. I'm not gonna blame tackling for the reason we lost this game. But the tackling was absolutely garbage. I, I remember one play. Uh, I think Breeze got smoked. Uh, came came off of his uh, what was it the right end of the the offensive line? Yeah, they hit Aquara. him. He's like bounced off him. Yeah, yeah Romeo Aquara, who had a great game, but him. yeah, yeah, <laughs> he he smoked him, and then he just bounced, like Drew Brees shouldn't bounce off of a guy like that. He just did, and then he threw the first down. Alvin Kamara, I think it was down the field. It's like that. That's the kind of crap. And that, and that, that was just one example that just stood out. That it was that it was absolutely garbage. The tackling, um, and. I don't know. I might be on the the fire Patricia bandwagon here pretty soon because that was I mean that was absolutely terrible. Yeah, he, we did talk he, about he that. He was not he wasn't prepared. The team wasn't prepared for a game that they should have absolutely wiped the floor with a team that those men that many injuries. It's inexcusable to lose that game, especially Truth. the way you did. It was absolutely terrible. And I think it look. I'm gonna stick with execution. I think execution was obviously a big issue, but. I mean, the coaching, they didn't look ready, and that, so, that absolutely sucks. Got, Especially got getting a 14-0 four, lead. It's, it, it's embarrassing that you can't – like, that 14-0 that, that lead was gone before I even got my feet wet in the ocean. You Literally? I, yeah. <laughs> literally. That, that, is, that, that was the theme of what Wait we talked about. Wait a minute. Have Wait. you actually – hold on. Before we get to that, Ryan, have you actually went in the ocean – I did, and then Eason got stung by a jellyfish. So we—I was just wondering, like, oh. yeah, like I yeah. can't imagine you going in the ocean. Just sounds like a terrible idea in general. <laughs> I love the ocean. Hey, well, no, quick, <laughs> quick question though: Is there yeah, anything yeah. Patricia can do to salvage his job right now? Just win. You got, you got just seven games. Win, up. baby. You got seven games here that are you should win. No question, you should win these games. If you drop two of them, I'm done. Whoa. If you drop two of them, I'm done. And then you got the the end of the season there after the seven to to, you know make make a run. Look, I, I'm not. So saying Ryan's that this been is done. preaching that too. The, yeah. I'm not saying that this season's done. I'm not saying that this team's not going to make the playoffs. I know it sounds stupid, but you had, look at the games. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but Chaz, look at the games. They are winnable. I'm not saying that yeah. they are no, going to win you know all what? of them, I, we but went, they're all winnable. We went through that. Okay, so th- we went through the the next game is Jacksonville Jaguars. If they don't win that mm-hmm. game, I'm done with Patricia. Okay. I'm done if, with everything. If they do win that game, and then they go beat the Falcons, basically they have to, it's a package deal. They win the next two. They're three and three. They're exactly where we thought they would be. Yeah. Right. Yep. I agree with you. Yep. So I mean, I, there there's they something to a, they got to it there in an ugly way that that makes you question it even harder. Like I think it's 
like I, I'm obviously a believer of Patricia for the most part, and I was going into the year. Um, I think three, like you, you take the the biggest Patricia haters and the biggest Patricia lovers, and you say we're three and three after six games. Everybody's like, oh, okay, that was good. Now, I mean, the way that we are going to get to three and three makes the Patricia haters look like you know they can stand up on their pedestal a little bit more because it's like the way it happened was just absolutely terrible. You know, that's a good point. Um, but if we get there, then we're there, and then you know. Time will tell. I, I know I'm going to say that again, but it's, a, it's vacation, man. No, Time think, will tell. I think that's a good stance <laughs> to be at. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we know we've underachieved. We're not winning the games we think we should win, but we've also lost to the Saints and the Packers, who we knew we were going to lose to. The Lions. Yeah, let's not exactly. pretend. Let's not pretend the right. Lions didn't pick third overall in the draft. Let's not pretend yep. that we think that this team is competing to win a Super Bowl this year. So we're kidding ourselves to think that they lost Aaron Rodgers, they lost to Drew Brees. Okay, that's expected. I can yep. still go back to week one and be pissed about that game because yeah. they shouldn't have lost that game. But that's that's really what we could break this down to. That's why moving forward, specifically next week with the Jaguars, if they don't rip them apart and win this game, then we've, yeah. then we've got an issue with preparation. We've got an issue with game plan. We've got an issue with a lot of things. And that's where yeah. we've got to start fresh. We have to yep. win that game. Yeah, I think you guys are exactly – and really what it is is it's a win-win situation because uh, let's say they go 8-8. Mm. Eight and eight. They went eight and eight in a terrible way that I think that they move on. You know what I mean? Where we're going into the year eight and eight be like, all right, will they survive? Will they get another year? All of that stuff. The way that it's gone, how ugly this eight and eight will look if we happen to get to eight and eight, it is cut them off at the knees. They're done. You know what I mean? So it's win-win that um, you're either going to make the playoffs with this regime and they're going to, and everybody's going to be excited that, all right, there is a vision and they're building upon something or you're going to cut them off and we're going to move on. You know what I mean? So everybody's going to be happy one way or another, I feel like, because they're not going to let this regime come back if it continues to be as ugly as it has been. But if it progresses and we're sitting at, let's say, nine wins, eight wins, like, and it was a positive way, like, I'll, I'll say nine wins, because I just said eight names a fire of both offense. But nine wins, I think people are happy. They're in the playoffs, and you're actually seeing what their goal is. You know what I mean? And, and you can kind of start picturing – their their vision yeah the future and, and see where it goes yeah the future yeah. yeah so are you so are you saying eight and eight and then Patricia gets fired and nine wins Patricia stays is that what you're saying or not necessarily that, that, that's kind of my thought yeah okay. I, I think right. I think eight and eight they're done because it, the way that they're going to be eight and eight is going to be ugly based on the beginning of the season here um, but if if they can get to that nine wins in the playoffs then I, I could see them getting a, another chance that's but, that's what um, the assumption I mean honestly let's look at the next seven games the schedule is very winnable winnable do, do yes. we do we really think the Lions are good enough to win seven straight games in a winnable scenario like what you're saying and I just don't see it right now yeah well, I think the bomb, right. so I, think, I, I think the tough part is is that like we should have snuck one of those games out and then we could hit that nine win easier. Now we have to like win them all. Yeah. Where yeah. now we might be thinking ten wins, eleven wins. If we would have, if 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 Swift catches that pass, Ryan mentions early in the po- yeah. in the in the podcast, like we're in a better, we're in a different situation right now. Yeah, I mean, if Swift catches that pass, their their backs aren't against the wall. It is now. They have zero. They have zero room for air. Zero room for air now, and they did that to themselves. Uh, I think execution did that to them. Um, game plan needs to make up for the execution that we're seeing on the field, and it so far hasn't. So, um, yeah, I am gonna, I, I am gonna take. 
Sorry, to, go ahead. To wrap this up, I think, you know, the we've discussed the game plan. We've gone over, I think, the failures of the coaching staff. We've gone over the failures of the preparation, some of the man-to-man or the lack of talent like we've been talking about on the offensive side. Um, you know, there's there's just so much room for improvement. There, yeah. we, need, we need a better overall – uh, talent pool to work with within this Lions organization, and that starts from the very, very top. So, yeah. you know, I think this is something next week that, as a group together during a bye week, we should discuss. Bob Quinn. We should discuss the coaching staff. We should, we should, we should basically outline our plan for the future and how they are failing to live up to that, and come up with a solution for how to move forward long term. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, they're they're in a tough spot because it's. Uh, it's not pretty, man, and, and I'm sure the players know that. They know that these players' backs are, or these coaches' backs are against the wall. They know that the GM's backs. They know that this regime could just explode right in front of their faces, whether they want them to or not. It's like you're playing for yourself now, and that's never a good thing. When you're playing for yourself, for your next contract, for your next team, to point at you and see how good you are, like that's never good for any team in any organization, and it, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, so that's, that's what what. what what I think Patricia needs to do is be like, hey, this isn't pretty. Let's just – I mean, we, we, we're sticking to the right game plan. We're going to continue to do what we're doing, and we're not going to change anything. That's the only thing that's going to save his job is not wavering from his vision and not letting all the whispers around him change his vision and his, what he's preaching to these players. Because as soon as he switches that, that, that tone, that language, that's when they're going to stop believing in him if they haven't already. So – well, I think um, I think that was pretty much the input that we were missing so far, specifically with Patricia <laughs> and the coaching staff. So, Sam, thank you so much for calling in. Before I, before I go, before I go, I knew I knew you have one more thing. I knew it. Yeah, so I, I picked up the beer and left it in the fridge for you guys, right? Yeah. I stole one. That's I stole gone. double dunes. I stole double dunes. All right, you literally took I brought took one a with beer. me. I, and I'm drinking it right now. Hey. So Double Dunes, it says on the can, together we can fight breast cancer. We do it for the fighters, survivors, and that and sorely missed. So basically the people that have passed. Obviously, yes, you guys sir. already introduced Double Dunes, uh, breast cancer, uh, 9.2 double IPA. Dude, I'm going to give this a nice uh, 8.1. I think it's a hey, solid beer. Very nice. nice. Are you sure you took only one or did you take four? I only took one. They're in there. I, I saw you guys were drinking them. They saw them on the table. I was just wondering. You you barely got through that, but I'm proud <laughs> yeah. of you. Oh, I mean, this is my first beer tonight. That's for danger. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, we're going to get into the next bit. Why don't you stay on the line, and we're going to jump into our banana boat. Perfect. All right, let's do it. All right, sounds good, guys. Love is a burning thing. All right, guys, let's move on. I think I think it's time to jump right back into our banana boat topic. I man, I, I cut that music really, really fast. Normally, I like fade it a little bit, but I can't do two things at once. Hey, it's, it's just, good. It's that kind of episode. It's good. Let's get into the favorite non-mainstream sports. This is something that I'm pretty excited about because I've got a lot of things that I follow that are outside of the mainstream sports, not baseball. Not football, not basketball. You can even throw soccer in there as a mainstream sport. Hockey. We're 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 going hockey. Yeah, we're going outside of our normal mainstream. We're going to something else. 
And this is something I'm pumped about. I'm really curious about. This was your bit, right? This was something that I wanted, that I requested. And with Sam not here, with the B team, basically I'm considering us the B team. We are the B team. We are not the CEOs, not the bosses. So we can do whatever we want right now. The boss is gone. Right, he's not he's not running the office. He's not telling us what to do, barking orders and all that kind of stuff. So we get to do whatever we want to do, and we Heck decided yeah. to go to something other than the lions, other than pistons, tigers. So let's jump right into it, Micah. I'm I'm throwing you kind of you know you're you're first to go here because Trav looks like he's really confused trying to get Sam back on the line here. But yeah, you want to start us off. You want to start going through your banana boat for the favorite non mainstream sports. Yeah, so first and foremost, I I love a form of racing, and it's not NASCAR, it's not IndyCar, it's drag racing. Really? I love drag racing. Anyone that knows me super, super well knows that I love going down to Martin. Oh, yeah. I mean, without kids, obviously, it was a lot easier. Now with the kids, I mean, at some point it would be great. Um, but NHRA drag racing, it's national hot rod association. It's, it's all the guys that go 300 plus miles an hour in a matter of four seconds. I love going as fast as you can in a straight line. Love it. Um, second up, well, I, you, you, you mentioned Martin speedway, right? Is that what it's yeah, called? Or yeah, track strip or something? Yep. yeah. So, I mean that for people who have not experienced that before, I think it's worth going because I've been one time I, I had a suite with the the Kramers, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Yep. Martin's. Be- it, it was so much fun. I love it. It's so loud, but I don't know. It, it's an experience that I don't think you can really just get by look at watching it on TV. I think no. being there is something completely different. Being there is is something wild, especially when you have specifically the the nitro fueled. Um, I guess you would call them rail cars technically. Yeah. And then the nitro fueled funny cars. If you're if you're watching alcohol fuel, it's fine. They're they're running probably close to two seconds slower. So when they're running on nitro, it, it is a whole different. Well, world. they might actually stay on the track because half the guys don't even finish the race of two hundred yards in front of them. Right. I mean, these guys end up. The motors explode or something happens. They they run into the wall. Like that's just par for the course for these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it is really fun. So, what's up? Before I get into mine, just make sure Sam's volume is turned up. With that, uh, for sure. When yeah. we had, the music was so crazy hey. earlier, so we had to turn <laughs> oh, yeah. it down. Sam, Sam, you guys, what, are you, what are you guys listening to? You are back on, the, by the way. What was the in song? Uh, a little ring, uh, ring of fire ring by of Johnny fire. Cash. Trav, all right, guys, I told you there was one rule: don't let Trav control the music. He's gonna play he's too much country. I'm just How so excited about it. Just pretty play? much all country. He's been failing uh, all night long. This, you have no we're idea. We're gonna have to yeah. change yeah. the name of the whole podcast. We're gonna have to start over episode one next week. Yeah, handle it. I literally told him not to. You should have not left me in control of music. I did hear Micah say something about alcohol in vehicles i mean what's going on with that <laughs> uh, it got my attention I was it's really called confused. don't drink and drive but drive as fast as you can yeah okay <laughs> with alcohol right. it's the fuel no no, no it was yeah. drag racing so well, i'm gonna not, sleep yeah, in your bed tonight really but uh right, anyway drag, drag racing yeah, turn the volume turn the, the heat back up i'm sure it was at like 60 <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> yeah. chilly is it cold is it cold yeah. inside yeah, it's not too I bad turn that up for you outside. Outside. I tried to so, oh, really? 
it's terrible. So uh, I feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> Moving on. So I I don't know what you would call it, but I I, I call it trophy fishing, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sport fishing, right? So or sport fishing, sure. So there there's a there's a show on Netflix called Chasing Monsters, and this guy okay. goes around the world trying to catch the biggest fish of that category or that uh, that type of fish. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really cool show. Me and my son love watching it. Um, and so I, I guess I'm going to throw fishing in there. Come you know, on. Sport fishing. Nice. Yeah. Is that a sport? But we'll let it slide <laughs> since I'm not That's, there. Sam, this, this is literally the – the reason that we're bringing this up, right? Because we <laughs> right. knew that you were you were supposed to not be here. All right, yeah. 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 Sam down. Yeah. I was gonna go with cheerleading and dance <laughs> next, but yeah, that would yeah. All right, all right. So, <laughs> so I I gotta fill my third spot of, of my banana boat, and I'm gonna go with specifically the Moto X uh, best trick. So, oh, awesome! That's a great choice. That's okay, a great choice. Mike Metz- Metzger back in the day with the backflips. That that, but Pastrana? but more Brian Brian Deegan turned me on to the whole. Like, See when I did the three sixty. Yes, yeah, he was he was the first guy to do the three sixty. Ended up being almost kind of like a almost like a backflip three sixty. Yeah, it was really weird. It, it, it I didn't was, understand it. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, he he. Kinda landed it. Everyone went nuts. It was, I think, it was X Games. Oh, and for then, sure, yeah. You know, so, and then Travis Pastrana was always a guy innovating tricks. Double black, double backflip. Double yeah. backflip was so cool. So, I mean, the, the fact that these guys were doing all sorts of things that no one ever thought would be possible on a dirt bike, I, I always yeah. thought it was so entertaining, and I you just know, I, loved I it. I don't, I don't hate that choice, but what I, what really started to turn me off from all that stuff was when they started creating their own jumps just to fit that one specific trick that they would like to do you know what i mean yeah like so you had i don't know i i don't have any examples but like it just seemed like everybody was designing their own jump just to do the trick and it would be like curved differently and like a specific degree and it was just i don't know oh, just and they would call it the a different name yeah they just call it a different name yeah, like, there was a little while there where a lot of motocross the jumping looked all the tricks looked the same and they would just mm. call yeah. it something different but yeah. you know, you well, I touched I touched my fender. Yeah, well, you touched the actual not fender, but the it was the back bag. of your seat technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, yeah. I think what you were bringing up, Micah, with the Deegans, there's yeah. there's so Brian Deegan has a family that is just insane. All the kids are they probably all riders. Oh, do they're something all motors. they're all motor motor sports. Yeah, they're they're like the best of the best. So uh, I don't remember her name, but his daughter is racing something nascar right now she is oh, literally no winning races wow. in like the second level of nascar oh, she's she's awesome. she's a star she's like the next up-and-comer in the in the sport and then the the his son is nicknamed danger boy deegan he goes around and does these uh. insane jumps and everything and it, he wins all of the amateur races right now for his age group sweet and then he's got the youngest kid who just is a goofball and like i don't know he'll probably end up being the best of all of them eventually right. but yeah so so off- it's, it's a fun youtube channel though it's a, the he's not the archie of the channel. family is he no no <laughs> so quick quick off the cuff what's your favorite like big trick on a, on a dirt bike. Big trick. I, yeah, I think the like, aerial was like the coolest thing. Okay. Where the body, uh, is it the aerial? Body. 
I don't know. It, it's the it's the trick where the dirt bike stays where it is, and then the guys, the people themselves, they're spinning around on the seat. Oh yeah, that's doing a, a full three sixty. That is so yeah. easy stuff. Uh, mine, still to this day, it's mesmerizing. Is the kiss of death. Oh yeah, that's, how yeah, they that's basically do a handstand. Yeah. On the handlebars. I know that from Sledstorm. And and then like oh, the Sledstorm. Unreal. <laughs> um, Man. And then and then Love my, that music track. My oh, my yeah. fourth seat on my banana boat. Dude, it's it's the frisbee game in the backyard. It's can jam. Can jam. Solid choice. <laughs> it's it's solid. so fun. I I don't hard. watch it competitively. I like to compete playing it. But uh, yeah. can so, jam fourth seat. Great choice, like Ryan. That. What do you got? You're throwing this to me yeah, now. It's your time. All right. So this, basically, I've been looking forward to this. I've been trying to get Sam to do this for a long time. He's turned me down, but we've got we got the <laughs> reins here. So. Yeah, the reins tonight. So yeah. So lower. number one, <laughs> I'm going to go disc golf. Terrible idea. Oh, nice. <laughs> I disc, agree. Disc golf. I. You had a course on your property, didn't I you? I built a course with my dad on his property, and 18 holes, nine baskets, playing forward and backward. I, I just I seriously just love the game. I see I will watch tournaments on YouTube over and, and if anybody does this too is Joe Mez, they're the they're like the big um audio or vid, video, you know, group on YouTube. Nobody does. Yeah. So just no, no, there's yeah. thousands, hundreds of thousands. But anyways, <laughs> you know, you guys don't but the world does. It, it's just so much fun. I love watching the, the strategy. These guys are insane. They make like 50-foot putts all the time, 30-foot putts all the time. If you – you know, I've got a basket in my backyard. Anybody's welcome to come over to my yard and try to hit a 35-foot putt over and over and over, even a 15-foot so putt over and over and over. And it's just you learn to appreciate the skill that these guys have. That – and it's so much fun to play. And I, I yeah. got into the tournament scene for a little while there kids have have kind of uh put a damper on that a little bit but eventually my goal is to have a 10 year old son where we go to a disc golf tournament i'm playing he's uh, playing and we just do this that'd together, be fun a little two-man scramble kind of deal yeah, it'd yeah. Be, that's like my ultimate like father son where are you yeah, can I, beat the I brakes think, off it yeah exactly i think I disc golf is one of those things like i think you you said it perfectly like 35 foot putt or whatever you said like it looks easy it is the most difficult thing you could ever do. Like, right. there is very little room for air. It's just like, you know, real golf in a lot of ways. Obviously, people, yeah. they look at it differently. But it's like there is very little room for air just like there is in, in real golf with disc golf. And I'm absolutely terrible at it. So Yeah, so I'm I, shout, out to, shout out to Paul McBath. He's the number one disc golfer in the yeah, world. Paul. Ricky Wasaki, second. Eagle McMahon. Listener, you know, Paul McGall. Yeah, pretty Ricky, soon, second. Soon, soon to be, as soon as we start <laughs> giving him some, some love on the show. But... Yeah, we'll tag podcast. him or do the at or whatever. Yeah, so I'll go to my number two, motocross. Motocross slash supercross, dirt bike racing. Oh, yeah. I, I Just like what you were kind of talking about with the, with the tricks, these guys who go full speed and they just have full control of the bike to go as fast as they can possibly go, it is such an amazing thing watching them control a dirt bike, something that powerful. You get on one of those things, it's so scary because they're so powerful. And they just throw that thing around, whip it around, and they, I mean, it's just a, it's a thing of beauty to watch them race around the track. Right. Uh, Eli Tomac right now, he's like kind of the best in, in the sport, but in the outdoors, he's kind of getting his, I don't know, he's 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 He did good at fourth. Red Bud. He, he did pretty well, yeah, but Red Adam Cicerello, I don't know what that music, where it's coming from. Sam, is that from you? Yeah, sorry, I was too close to a game. <laughs> Chase Sexton, he's my guy. 
Chase Sexton, okay. shout out to him, 21, 22 years old, young up-and-comer, for first time on a 450. Big time fan. He's he's from Michigan, so hey, everybody should oh, cool. should be voting for him. Yes, yeah. um, third mountain biking. Ooh. Very nice. I follow I follow the downhill races, the results of that downhill race, and then also just like the there's all kinds of YouTube channels that that uh, show people's experiences building uh, mountain biking courses. Yeah, and. Tra- and uh, trails and everything and then also just their experiences traveling all around the country i'd love to do that someday i'd love to go up to northern michigan and check out copper harbor some oh, of those some of those mountain biking trails yeah i mean that what a lucky guy you could go up there i i would love to go up there for work maybe every two weeks or something like that that'd be great <laughs> nice for work not specifically anything else but <laughs> sam goes specifically that. for work yeah like no one would ever do that yeah. nobody would do that and number four I, I'm making this up as I go because I have no idea. Even though you've been talking about this topic for months. Well, I've got my <laughs> three. Those are, those it are really is his three. topic. Those are, those are <laughs> actually the three that I care about and I'll, I will do all the time. The other thing I do is like, I, I don't know, I watch like hiking videos and stuff like that, like anything outdoors, but I know that it doesn't yeah. really count. So instead, it, it so instead I'm going to do track and field. Oh, okay. Shout out to Donovan <laughs> Brazier. Donovan Brazier, oh, who went to well Kennewa Hills. Let's go, can I? West Michigan, Kennewa Hills High School. He was a favorite for the 800 in the Olympics this should've year. Should have been the gold. He's a world champion right now. He's a world champion in the 800, and he should have. He was, you know. He w- he should have won the gold this year. He, he was. There's It's COVID hard, it's hard to be a favorite in the 800 because it's such a hard race. But yeah. he was so overwhelmingly the favorite. I I feel so bad for him with COVID this year. Right. You work your whole life for that. It's a bummer. Yeah. But it, maybe he does it again. What's my four? I'm going to throw money on him next time. Cool. You should. Right. Trev? Yeah. Yep. You're up. So, real quick, Ryan, uh, when you're talking about your disc golf, right? So, I, I taught at East Campus at Alternative School when I first started teaching. And, and uh, don't want to get too much into it, but I, I was the disc golf coach and had no clue what disc golf coach meant Wait, you were a disc golf coach yeah i was i was a disc golf coach the softball coach (laughs) the basketball coach the everything coach because you know someone had to coach and um were you the guy putting the frisbee on the tee and actually hitting that with your golf club all right no the no it was just it was ridiculous we went to our first tournament and i had yeah, I didn't. I had zero clue except for the night before, like doing some YouTubing and like, oh, this is what this entails. <laughs> so Anheuser, yeah. we went to this tournament and like these kids are just whipping frisbees around, right? You know, we we got a trophy, which I don't agree with because it was like third place out of like five, <laughs> but final four banner. Yeah, <laughs> it was a. I, it is a tougher sport than I thought. Like, I was cracking up watching it. I'm like, this is not easy. I actually did a couple of Frisbee tosses myself, and no. Like, this is yeah, – and, they, and I didn't stuff. realize I didn't realize you had multiple Frisbees for this. It's like putter, oh, driver, yeah. all this stuff. But Putter, mid-range, uh, fairway driver, they driver, all understable, overstable. I'm like, where's the plastic Frisbee that you get at Walmart, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I'm looking for. But anyway, my, my, um, my banana boat – Random sports. I love fishing, so Micah brought that up. That's cool. Um, I watch fishing on on TV. I love fishing. I'm trying to get Sam into fishing. Um, trying to get him out there for years. It is my thing. Um, so I'm gonna go to fishing, and then I love bags. 
I love playing nice. some bags. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, you know, like, this was a tough one for me, Ryan. I honestly, I didn't know like what what you would consider a sport or not a sport. Cheerleading. Um, you said so, cheerleading, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go cheerleading <laughs> uh, just to uh, <laughs> throw Sam under the bus because, you know. No, know. you're trying to get some points from the wife. Is what yeah, you're trying to do. that's right. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> so I'm going to go there. And then my last one is NCAA Football Dynasty League. Oh, no, come on. Which, good times back in the day. So I'm not really sure He's if got that's no a sport. But sports. He's like, no, I'm all about football, <laughs> basketball, baseball. I would like to say bowling, but I'm just so bad at it. it doesn't I wish mean I was you better. can't like it. But ultimately, you're bad um, at hockey and you love that. Oh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a cold. That was a cold statement. He's had a few. Yeah, yeah. shouldn't have broke your leg. Hey, oh, <laughs> right. Good thing we had his volume turned down. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you, you want to do this too? Top four uh, banana boat. You, is, it, is Trav done with this four? That was it. I went fast. That was it. We're, hey, we're right, at an hour thirty-six. Hey. So yeah, it makes sense. Hey, don't right, don't I'm fail a- us. We've had uh, three frisbee mentions. Look, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not gonna. Well, no, I might actually. All right, I I wasn't prepared, so I'm gonna start with. I really like volleyball. I think that's one of the funnest games you can play. Um, it is looks really fun. To, it's like it's really fun to watch as well. I think like on on the Olympics and stuff like that. Uh, the indoor volleyball mostly, but I think indoor, I think the beach, beach volleyball okay. is pretty solid as well. Um, I don't know. I think just the, the way that they play as a team is pretty dang cool. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. People are giving me these really weird looks, but it's just walking around talking and holding a beer. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or not. But, you're probably um, not, yeah. But I'm going to start with volleyball. Um, That's now a we good got pick. a piano bar going on. Can you guys hear that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but another one, it, mini golf, I think, is, is an amazing sport. And I, I really think that they should, they should have a little bit more respect. Didn't think um, of that one. Nice choice. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, I, I really know, like mini golf. I don't know golf. if you've done that recently or at all, but like I don't know if you've... I haven't done it today or this weekend. Uh, any, any time in the last month or so, I don't know. Just I haven't like, done it. I haven't wondering. done it on vacation, if that's what you're asking. But we've drove you past a couple. No, I'm just and... thinking specifically about Traverse City. Anything come to mind? Ring a bell? I did. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and you, uh, wow. you just wanted to bring up that you beat me. That's, that's, where, I was, that's, that's only... where I was going with that. You just wouldn't get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I got there eventually. Uh, that's what I do. Um, but, man, so I got two more. Yeah. I I like spike ball. I think that's a really fun game. Yeah, that, um, that's fun. You got yeah, to have four people that know what they're doing. And you ha- yeah, exactly. You have to have four people that are capable of, of playing the game to make it really fun. Because, I mean, if, you, if you're playing against a, a guy that doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing or isn't athletic at all, it, dude, good night. It, it's, it's not even fun then. Uh, I mean, it's fun winning, but um, is hockey considered mainstream still or no? You, you I'm, I'm a little confused about hockey. that one. You could do hockey. <laughs> no, it I'm is kidding. mainstream. Uh, Don't let him do dude. that. So I've done three so this. far, right? I've done three? Yeah. Uh, my fourth one is curling. I think is one of the, the best. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, baby. Win- winter Olympic sports to watch in in all of the world. Like I absolutely love watching it. Oh, it's awesome. So much fun. Broom, 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 um, broom, broom. I've never broom, broom. tried it. I feel like it'd be really fun to try, but I feel like I'd be so bad at it and so frustrated because they make it look so easy. That's your shot, though. Um, the Olympics, right? That's your shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like I could do it. Hey, they. I it's think they have that, that bowling thing. 
I think they've got that out at uh, the Muskegon Sports Complex. So Do if it? COVID's done, let's all go out there as a podcast and go give it a try. That would be, that would be really fun. I feel like, I mean, it's one of those sports, if you can call it a sport, that, that it's like muscle memory is, is so important. I'm terrible with those sports. Oh, like yeah. bags, Trev brought, brought up bags. It seems like I would be really good at that because it's, it's a pretty easy. You're throwing a stinking beanbag into a hole. I'm terrible at it. I don't know why. I just can never figure it out. I'm the same thing with bowling. Sometimes I like tr- Ryan. You, you're my witness. What were, I, I was like what two twenty two through seven frames when we got shut off at midnight bowling when we were like twelve years old. You yeah, remember you that? Neither confirm nor deny, but we had perfect games going. Yeah, we had an unbelievable thing going, and we got shut down. But I mean, like, but other than that, just breaking a hundred, I'm I'm happy, honestly. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> this is one of the most difficult sports there is, and I, it's like I don't understand why it should be very simple, but. Um, that's why those sports don't really come to mind. But I feel like curling kind of fits that same mold of muscle memory and yeah. patience. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a good pick. Focus. Thank you. I appreciate it, Ryan. Let's uh, let's move on, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we got the pick music going, or what? Here we go. Happen? Can't hear it, but I'm sure it's going. <laughs> we're 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 trying to do this live. We're we're figuring out as we go. Sam's we'll not here to have we're doing it. We're ready. all this done. <laughs> here we go. You guys are just pumping my tires. <laughs> this is keep it going, keep exactly. it going. I like it. No, it's really difficult. It's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted to happen. <laughs> just the struggle bus all night long. I hope you guys looked up the results from last week because I didn't. I, I would say you know that, that music. Sheet. You know that music. It's time for our DeHops Brewing Company Cafe picks of the week. Let's do the read. Boom. I'm starting to hear Trev. it. It's in the Trev, background. Is that your read? You should turn that up. Yeah, we're Who's doing the read. Very nice. I got the read. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. My battery's gonna die. <laughs> All right. Before before we get in to the picks of the week, I want to remind everyone to stop into the Hops Brewing Company Cafe for some of the best beer in West Michigan. Family friendly atmosphere is perfect for whatever you have going on. And if you mention State of My Sports, you can get a little nice discount when you carry out a crowler. Or on your first pint when you dine in. Whatever your beer of choice is, we know that the hops has something better, if not just as good as what you what you're looking for. Uh, you can carry out a six pack of their double dry hop New England IPA Seven Secrets, stand delicious, uh, which is their incredible juicy IPA that is packed with mosaic hops to create notes of pineapple, citrus. It's also soft on the palate and has just enough bitterness to pull you back in for another sip. Uh, their World Beer Championship Silver Medal Award-winning beer is the Shadowbox Dark Lager. It's also sold in six-packs as of now. If you are not in the Walker area and you'd like to try out a six-pack of the, any of the beers that they are offering, be sure to ask your favorite beer store to start carrying their beer. That'll help support the podcast and support DeHops. DeHops Brewing Company Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2020, so please be sure to check them out and let them know that we sent you Let's get into the picks, guys. Yeah. The, re- Boom, the results from last week. I think it's okay? time to get into the results. Micah, take it away. I don't even know where we're at. I'm a little nervous about it. So, go for it. Okay, so I went four and one. Ryan went Dang. three and two, and Sam went one and four. Oh, son of a <laughs> All right. That, what about, that, what about I, I was I was Jared just uh, Jared. I was actually kidding. So we're gonna oh, have to get. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I yeah. got him. Terrible. No, so we're th- we're gonna have to go through that next week. Okay. 
We, oh, okay. we don't we don't have those this week. We'll save all the good stuff for Sam you next week. Sam was gone, week. so we didn't have any time to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna hand that yeah, to us I this know. weekend. So, anyways, let's get into the picks, though. Ryan, let's do it. Uh, we got Buccaneers minus four and a half at the Bears. Yeah, so Thursday night football, baby. Look, I'm think I'm looking at this and saying the Bears are so overrated. They, I know their winning percentage. I know how many games they've won. It does not matter to me. I don't think they're any good. Nick Foles is a way better upgrade uh, compared to what they had. Mitch Trubisky is, is a terrible quarterback, but I'm still going Buccaneers. I believe in their offense. I think they win this game outright very easily. Trav, Tom Brady, 100. percent Let's go. <laughs> easy, easy for him. Buccaneers, they're starting to figure it out. They're what are they three and one right now? Yeah, they, they had they had one, on a roll. Uh, they had one ugly beginning game that doesn't really matter. And the Bears, they're they have a good defense, but they don't really have much of an offense. So Buccaneers for me. Sam, where are you at? I'm gonna do this Kevin Malone style. Bears bad, Bucks good, Bucks <laughs> minus seven hundred. Whoa. Yeah, let's get it. In that Write case, that I'm going to right. it all. Texas <laughs> at Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus two and a half. Oh. Micah, I'm going to go opposite here. I know I'm throwing you off. Oh. I am going to go Texas. Horns up. All right. All right. Oklahoma, I have no idea what in the world is going on with that team. But it doesn't look good. They're not looking good, yeah. They don't look good. I think Texas squeaks this one out. Trav. I don't think either team looks good at all. No, like, they don't play I mean, defense in the Big 12. Zero looking good. <laughs> like, just throwing that out there. Um, I'm definitely going uh, Oklahoma because I think they're better overall. Texas has not looked good at all. Oklahoma hasn't looked good, but Oklahoma's still better. Go Oklahoma. Sam. All right, so Texas was lucky to win their their. I think it was their first game, maybe the second game. It doesn't matter. Two weeks ago, they lost last week. They're garbage. Oh, They're absolutely terrible. Terrible. Um, Oklahoma doesn't look much better. I think they've lost two in a row, right? Is that right? Two in a row that they lost. No, they lost one. one. They've lost one. Oh, they won this week. All right, but anyways, Lincoln oh, Riley's yeah. a better coach. Uh, Oklahoma's a better team. They're gonna win this game. Easily. Uh, there's, there's no there's no question in this one for me. Yeah, a lot. I, I a lot. agree with you. I'm, I'm looking at this game. I'm saying Texas, Oklahoma, both right now. They have, so, they have so many athletes. They have so many. I just think this comes down to coaching, and I trust Oklahoma a little bit more at this point. Neither it's, one neither one are any good. They're both garbage, but I'm taking Oklahoma. Two and a half. It's, yeah, the, it's an easy pick. I feel like it's the fraud bowl. I feel like both these teams would be absolutely irrelevant right now. You could just call if it the everybody big 12. was playing. You could call it the Big yeah, 12. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Big 12 bowl. It's <laughs> fraudville. All right. Yeah, like Dr. Pepperville. It's fraudville. <laughs> All right. Miami at Clemson. Clemson is minus 14 and a half in this game. <laughs> Clemson. Come on. Sam, across the board. You're calling Clemson. Clemson. Across the board. Cross the board. Micah, Pit, 14 and a half. Let's is not that, make it. That's not, pull you just in? go. Micah's <laughs> looking off into space like he's thinking about that this. That 14 and a half. That's a lot of points, and I think Miami's The half point, the half point makes Miami's you question it, but then you realize it's Clemson versus Miami, and you're like, oh, never mind. What's Miami ranked right now? Speak, Seven. Sammy boy. <laughs> Terrible. It should not be ranked that Terrible. bad. Terrible. <laughs> There's Micah, no way. Micah, go ahead. Uh, Give us. I can't. <laughs> I can't go against Trevor Lawrence, the future of the Lions. I just. Let's get it. Oh, 
far. Why? All right, all right. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, my pick's in already. Clemson, 100%. Trav, you're picking Clemson. <laughs> Sam, you don't pick Clemson, too. I'm, yeah, pretty much, I'm in with Sam, for sure. All right, the pick is in for myself, Clemson. too. Clemson. <laughs> what, are you, I'm really confused. Are we doing picks? Is don't worry about it, Sam. With don't worry about it. Chimer? We're doing this our own I like it. All right, so Florida. You know how much I love that. Florida and A&M. Texas A&M. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Florida <laughs> and A&M. Is, A&M. is it not like? Is there another A&M that you prefer? Pennsylvania and A&M. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Start quarterback this okay. Year. So, for Ryan's sake, Florida and Texas A&M. Yeah, you gotta take Texas A&M. What's the spread? Is there another A&M that Florida, you prefer? Florida is minus <laughs> six and a half. Travis. You're like totally into this game. Why don't you just give us a spread? This Florida one? is going <laughs> to destroy them. Florida, you're picking Florida. Micah, Trev's really high on Florida right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the tight end is well, throw to him to every his, time. Talks to his buddy Jarrett too much. That's the true. <laughs> uh, but I, I can't disagree. Florida looks good right now. Do they look great? Not yet. But I'm gonna go with Florida over Texas A&M. Yeah, I I agree. At this point, I think in college football, I think it's easy to cover spreads at six and a half. I don't think that's the challenge here. NFL is a little bit closer together, unpredictable. Right. But Florida, sure, that's a good they, point. Sh- they should win this game. They should handle that spread. Yep. Sam, what do you think? I you know I as much as I don't want to pick Florida, I feel like this is another one of those fraud bowl type things. Like I don't think Florida's what are they ranked third right now? Yeah, they're, I think they're legit, overranked though. big time. I, um, but they're way better than Texas A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M yep. is the biggest fraud because that's what they do with the SEC. They rank them so right. high. Yes. So then when Florida wins this game by a lot, they're like, oh, well, they beat the top 10 team by 21 points. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to win this game. It's going to be is, easy. And, yeah, guys, I mean, Florida's, Florida's going to win. That, easy. Is, that no is true. But Florida's Florida's – not that bad. I think every other year you're right, but they're not that bad, and they're they're tight Florida, end. Florida's solid. They're a lot their tight this year. end is a, is a freak of nature. Like I uh, I don't know who can stop them. Oh, it's l- close. L- l- oh. Listen, this isn't going to change anyone's picks, but you guys got to remember also, two of the Power Five conferences are not in these rankings. Yeah. on a week by week basis with wins and well, losses. Well, they're in it, but they're well, not. They're not that, winning. They're not. They. It's. It's more just name, not eye test. That, that, that's. That's what I was yeah. meaning to say. Right. I mean, so, yeah. so yeah. wins make a bigger difference in the end. I, I think Florida yeah. wins by like eleven. Yeah, I agree right. with you. I, I think it's even more than that because Texas A and M is no good. Next game: Indianapolis Colts. Minus two at the Cleveland Browns. That's probably the most confusing way I could have said that. But Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland Browns. Colts are giving up two points. What do you guys think? Micah? It was easy to say before this weekend started because the Browns absolutely rolled the Cowboys. Yeah. And well, and, and the Colts have one of the best defenses in football. They were number one, ranked number one going into this week. They do. So I, I'm going to go with the Browns being a fraud and having just kind of a, a real lucky win against the Cowboys. And for me to go against Phillip Rivers right now, it, it's – dude, Phillip Rivers, he's an old cat. He can still throw it. He can get the job done. they got a good defense. Give me the Colts. Trav, what do you think? How about the Browns being like a year late? Yeah, you know, like yeah, that's last what year, like everyone's like, "Hey, the Browns they got rid of so, Kitchens, right?" And they got they yeah, just got rid of him in some yeah, way. Somebody not come that up. Bad. So three and one. Sam, you've got so much background noise. I just yeah, so we had to mute you for a second. Got a lot going on. Um, the Browns 
at three and one. Oh, I like them. I think that it's gonna be a good game, and I think that the Browns do win. And I I don't know why. You know what? I'm actually going Browns too on this yeah. one. I think the the Cleveland Browns. I think they're starting to finally gel as a team, and you see that defense and all those high draft picks. They they've actually started to come to play, and they're not just being rolled over. And that defensive line is a scary thing. Miles Garrett's a beast. He's not only that speed guy that can get around everybody else, but he also is. 600 pounds that could lift up any offensive lineman and just move him out of the way so he can get to the quarterback. So I don't know how you stop a guy like that. He's got athleticism. He's got strength. And I think the I think that kind of playmaking ability is something the Colts don't necessarily have at this point. So I, I agree with you. I'm taking the Browns in this one. Sam, I'm trying yeah, to I mean, turn yeah, your back yeah. up. and Okay. So go sorry. Ahead. I got a little too close to the piano bar. I wanted it too hearted. I know they have too hearted, but. Yeah, sorry. You go guys should have no, told me ahead. I was muted. Go I would have went in for it. Colts Browns. All right, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, the Browns are the better team, no question. Uh, I mean, look, the, the, yeah, they lost their starting running back. But you know who they have? They have Kareem Hunt. He's going to come in and be better, no question in my mind. And the Browns are having fun. That's what the Browns need to do to be successful. They're having fun. Well, you guys see that throw by Landry to, to OBJ the that other was day? Insane unbelievable. Throw. Yeah. Dude, that throw was unbelievable. The Browns are a really good team. And the, the, the biggest thing about the Browns is, is they're having fun. They're relaxed. They're, they have nothing to worry about. They're going to win this game. No question in my mind. I, I don't remember who, who's favorite. I think the Colts are favorite. Two points, right? Yeah, Colts, Colts are two favorite, favorite two points. Yeah, I think uh, it's an easy the, pick. The, the spread, the spread is, is wrong there. They're going to get that fixed. I think by the end by by Sunday, uh, this game will will be the opposite. I think uh, I think Browns will be favored by the end of the week. To be honest with you, and, and they're going to win this game easily, no question. All right, so Browns. we have made it. We, we made it. We did it after after an it. hour and a half of setup. Before any of you even know, this was the most ridiculous hour and a half. I set that shit up or crap up a, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not oh, quite, man. You, you missed. That, you missed the sound. Right the there. sound out. The FCA Sorry. gives us one. Sorry, yeah. that's Sam vacation you missed getting in two there. Two wires and that screwed us up for right. an hour and a half. Anyways, <laughs> that's great. Before we get into our Michigan beers. For episode 75, I want to remind everyone to stop in uh, to Siciliano's Market. They are the partner of State of My Sports. They are simply the best store in West Michigan for beer. Located on West Lake Michigan Drive right before uh, between... I'm starting to sound like Sam right yeah, now. Yeah, you're struggling a little <laughs> bit. Real quick, before you move on, mute me so I can order a, a two-hearted. And it's I literally the background. So crushed, mute me. crushed the last read, and this time I just... Am I muted? Yeah, you're muted now. Not now he actually is. All right, guys, I'm going to start over. They, uh, Cisneros Market. They are simply the best store in West Michigan. They are located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between GVSU's main campus and downtown Great Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it's worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from some of their expert staff, on they really do have some expert staff. If you go in there and ask about any kind of alcohol, any kind of uh, beer, winemaking supplies, they have the answer for you. Uh, you can also mix and match their beer to build your own six-pack. That's a really cool perk that they have. They not only have a great selection of the beer, wine, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, cigars, they also have the winemaking and homebrewing supplies for you in West Michigan. That's something that I think this podcast specifically is going to get into eventually. 
when the time comes, we'll let you guys know. We love that they are a partner with State of My Sports, and it's who we go to visit, and we choose our, our Michigan beer for each and every episode. We go to Sessiano's Market. So check them out. Support them. Let them know that we sent you guys. Let's get into some beer grades. Absolutely. Get it. Sam, are you there? Sam, Sam, you are back on. We hear the background noise. We know that there's a party going on. It's I'm trying to mute Sam, but there's no mute button. This is ridiculous. Sam, can you please respond right now? Are you on? Can we mute Sam? He, is, he right. is sitting on the piano singing, right, yeah. I'm sure. I think yeah. he's right, part so of the piano. Sam is no time. longer going to grade, so let's just go let's through the numbers. So I'm going to jump right into my beer grade of... Um, uh, Dragon's Milk, which is crazy it? that it's taken this long to grade it. And is I want to put first it, time. Is yeah, this the first I don't, time? This is, is a, this isn't just the Dragon's Milk. It's you got you got to read the bottom what that is. You got to let people know exactly yeah, what. This Dragon's is a special milk Dragon's Milk, right? Oh, this is a, the specific Dragon's Milk Reserve. We got a the little bit of bourbon reserve. barrel age. I don't even care. I'm sorry. I love Dragon's Milk. <laughs> I don't want to go to the. Clearly. I'm sorry. I don't want to get into the, you know, the difficulties of it being a new one. Listen, <laughs> they're all laughing, but this is dragon's milk. The difficulties. <laughs> and this, this is, you know, what? That's the perfect way like, to say. It. Yeah. This right now, what we're listening to is dragon's milk. <laughs> yeah, we had a rough day. This is dragon's milk. And if you haven't had it, you need to have it. I don't care if it's a reserve, the original, whatever Mike is laughing Urban about. style. Yeah. But listen, it is good. I'm not, I'm not a super dark beer guy, but I like it. Great. Now, I'm going to go a 9-1 just because I know it's that good. Wow. Wow. All nine right. one nine yeah, one. I'm not, I'm I don't think say, I've ever given a grade that. High. I'm not gonna say it's n- it's not good because we all know it's it's very good. Yeah, so right. I just want the country to know. Boom, Mikey, you're up. It's probably because it has some uh, chai spices and some vanilla in there, and it's a 2020 reserve. Oh, it's excellent. <clears throat> I'd love to try the 2020 reserve. Anyway, <laughs> Travis is telling me everything I need to know about it right now. <laughs> Those were the difficulties. <laughs> Micah, go ahead, man. Take it's it over. your turn, Micah. <laughs> I'm aware. Also, Sam, you are still on mute. Yeah. So I'm drinking from Shorts Brew, their Heaven Sent Wet Hopped IPA. Um, So in this glass, it's, it's got a really nice haze to it. It's I don't think it's supposed to be a hazy. I don't really understand what the wet hopped is. I'm sure that uh, our good friend Bearded Ed could inform us. Um, however, it, it's it's really got a little bit of piney, a little bit of floral and citrus. It's actually got a really good smooth mouthfeel. Um, definitely riding that, that Harvest Ale line, just kind of like your beer, your Harvest Ale. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really easy drinking beer, and it's a good fall beer. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an 8-2. Oh, nice. So I was actually at Shorts Brewing Company pretty recently. and they d- Did you have this? No, they did. that wasn't even available at the time, I don't think. Hmm. I, don't, I don't remember right. seeing that on the list, at least. I We went, we went. Um, I, I had two or three others. So Nice. Yeah, so I'll take it over from here. Uh, Founders Brewing Company Cafe. And Cafe. Founders Brewing Company. 
the harvest ale, wet hopped ale. Um, you know, this is each fall they have the, the brew house looked more like a greenhouse as they put it with thousands of pounds of wet hops. Cones arrived uh, within hours of being picked by some of the local favorite hop growers. I think that's what makes this beer pretty special is they, they keep it to, to Michigan hops here. Uh, and then they, they really focus on some of the citrus notes, the fresh pine and some of the, the, they're trying to just take the beauty of the fall within Michigan and, and pour it into this beer. And that's why it's the harvest ale. I, I have pretty big respect for this beer. I really liked it. It's very easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a 7.6. So it's kind of right in the sweet spot, maybe a little on the high side, even for a percentage, but it's so easy to drink, you would never guess that it's 7.6. So I'm going to give it a pretty good grade again. I, th- I think I've been doing that recently, but hey, man, if it's good beer, it's good beer, right? Yep. It, Founders, good beer. I'm going to go an 8.4. This is Very nice. This is something that I appreciate more than anything with Michigan. You know, and and honestly, you put a little splash of Rebeus in there from Founders. That's what you told me. That that is a really really good twist on that beer. Yeah, Sam Sam, do we have Sam on the line yet or no? Samuel, hey, what up? Hey, do you have? I was a, wondering if you guys are gonna end up going back to me or if you're you just got, gonna you leave got me a beer grade. Cold. Yeah, you got a beer grade for us, right? Let's jump right. Up, well, I, right I already gave this. I already gave my beer grade for the, the double dunes. Yeah. yeah, but then so, I just went up to the piano bar, and guess what they have? Two hearted. Oh. <laughs> from Bells, I mean, I'm down in Florida, by the way. If people, Come people on. I don't know if that was mentioned or not. So they have two hearted down here, and I just ordered one. Like, so you guys muted me. I think that means I can't hear you, but I don't know if you guys. So my voice might be on the whole podcast um, when I muted. We'll we'll figure that out later on. But uh, I know, anyways, I know, I know what that means. You just don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're actually sure pros you, now. We can figure it I'm out. Sure you guys figure it I'll out. teach you when you get back. Uh, but yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a two hard. I don't know if it's vacation Sam talking or late night Tuesday night Sam talking. But here comes a ten. This is a, this is a solid hey, beer. Oh. This is a solid beer. Don't pull this. This doesn't make. This is an official grade. This is just a random grade. It's gonna go with a eight four. Oh, hey, that's a good grade. Good I grade. like it. Eight, eight, I think nine, it's a solid one. grade. I feel yeah. like I'm right around the eights all the time. What no, were you guys grades? I missed something because you guys cut me off. <laughs> That was right at eight four myself. I think I think Mike is, yeah. I think Mike is going to do the double dunes right now. Well, we, oh, we're, yeah. we're all going to oh, grade yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. All right, before we do that, I, I listened to the, the beginning of the podcast and Trav, you, you brought up you brought up the dragon's milk, but you didn't say that it was like their special version. You I, end up bringing that up during your beer grades or no? Uh, I did kind of. Mike, okay, you corrected it. All right, you Mike corrected it. So vanilla, yeah. Pretty vanilla sure, chai. Pretty sure it tastes the same. Chai. He went went a very good grade, so I think the grade made up for his lack of a description. Yeah, nine one. Trav didn't want to nine one. Yeah, bold move. Trav didn't want to get into the difficulties of that beer, so I got into the difficulties. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah, Yeah. it was the the vanilla chai version of their dragon's milk. So I, I just had to clear that up. We're we're proud of Trav, regardless, though. I'm I'm pumped that he's there, man. Yeah, except for really solid move. Showed up (laughs) every other night. We'd be proud of him. Uh, So (laughs) so it's past midnight. I should be sleeping. Let's get into the double dunes. We're over two hours. Let's do this. Double dunes from Pigeon Hill. It's a nine point two percent double IPA, Um, and and this is their their special uh, 
breast cancer awareness beer. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen a very cool breast cancer awareness beer, but this yeah. is probably one of the coolest labels. Like Trav said earlier, it's got uh, names of people that have been through breast cancer that may have passed from breast cancer, but at the top of the can, like Sam said, together we can fight breast cancer. We do it for the fighters, the survivors, and the sorely missed. Yeah, and so when, when Katie when Katie introduced this one to us, yeah. it was kind of like, uh, she was like, hey, if you guys want a beer for the cause, or for, for a specific cause, she like kind of named a, a few different ones, and I, I picked that one out of all of them, so I think... I think it was a good choice, you know. It, it's it's obviously something that a lot of people go through. A lot of yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have or not, but like it's pretty much everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that's gone through uh, breast cancer, and I think yeah. it, it's very cool that they did that's that. And I'm cause. sure the profits the profits go probably towards more towards breast cancer than the NFLs do. So uh, good for good for uh, uh, Pigeon Hill. Yeah. So one, for sure. so one more quick read on the side of the can. It says that Michigan law makes it illegal for us to say that proceeds from the sale of this beer will be donated. So wow. we will, so we will not say that is what we are doing. Actions speak louder than words anyways. Let's make a difference together. I think that's nice. Okay. Very well said. So sure um, the the beer itself is a really good beer and and honestly I don't remember what Sam graded it. I want to say it was Neither. in the 8 Fours? Yeah, he said. Sounds about right. It sounds like me. So that I'm was... gonna go. I didn't even. I didn't even see what kind of flavors were in here, to be honest. But I read them at the beginning. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna do an eight six. Yeah, it's a really really it, good beer. I think it's a really good beer. You know, what? I'm gonna jump in right now too. I think uh, this was. I agree with you. The the flavor of this beer was so easy to drink. Yeah. And I'm gonna go an eight five. Very very good, Trav. It 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 was really good, and I'm right there with you about eight five. I'm gonna go eight four. Okay, <laughs> just because <laughs> I want to well, be on. Just be different, you. yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna go <laughs> eight five. He wants to be eight, under four. you. <laughs> <laughs> Trav wants. I don't want to be over on something. Plenty of like, but it it is it is good. Like it's just soundbite. It I like it. Like I I do enjoy it's it. It's a really I, good beer. It is. Yeah, and um, I think the fact that they went with a double IPA for for a breast cancer awareness is pretty dang awesome. Like that's just brilliant, brilliant on their part. Sam, Sam, you got to give a grade for this. Or you already, I did. You already did. I've done that like four <laughs> times. And I and I would love to give it another grade, but I but it'd be I different. Love to. I would love to repeat what grade I gave it earlier, but I don't remember what it was. You I think it was an eight four, like Mike said. But yeah, let's uh, let's go with that eight four. I'm glad we'll you gave it. me another grade. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> We're gonna have to hang up on you, Sam, so that we can get this music separated from you. Hey, but before before we do, I I want to thank you guys for keeping this rolling and and including me as well. I appreciate it. Obviously, I'm. Pacing around, people. I've been getting a lot of a lot of weird looks. You know but, what? And I appreciate um, myself for for helping out with this whole thing too. Mikey, do you appreciate? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to give a special <laughs> shout out to myself. To our, yeah. <laughs> thank to you guys us? so much. Thank you guys for recording. And actually, and you don't you do all anything. For listening, and you guys can take it from there. Yeah, but we're about yeah. to yeah. hang up on you. Re- so we hey, can do that. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. You guys know how much I appreciate yeah, you guys. So. Oh, good times. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, love you, buddy. Bring it back some warm weather. See you, boys. See you, Sam. All right, so with that, I think it's time to to cue up the music yeah. for the outro here. We really do. <laughs> 
We really do appreciate everything, guys. Like Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for recording. We struggled through this together. It's after midnight. Did everything we could. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. Peace. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. And all those things I didn't say. a shout out to all those uh, people that are struggling with breast cancer right now and all those survivors and those that are um, just still battling and, and those that didn't make it and that the families that have to deal with that and we thank you for the, your struggle. Amen.